our alarms today, so uh, our test drills or anything. So if the alarm bells do ring, please make your way down through the double doors, downstairs and assemble on the grass circle so that uh, fire marshals can take care of you. All mobile phones should be switched to silent, please. Uh, before we commence today's proceedings, um, we have to report, as members are aware, and perhaps most of the public, that recently uh, former councillor Keith Mackman passed away, and he was a member of this committee for the four years that he stood for Great Dunmo. So I'd just like to ask people, please, to just uh, sit quietly for a few minutes in reflection. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, there will be a full council meeting this evening and uh, I'm sure our chairman will be addressing uh, the matter more fully. Uh, Maggie, do we have apologies for absence? Um, no, we're all here. Thank you very much. Uh, members, are there any declarations of interest? Councillor Freeman? Saffron Warden Town Council member of... Chairman. Thank you very much. Councillor Fairhurst? Thank you. No further ones? Fine. Um, the minutes of the previous meeting have been circulated. Can I sign those as a true record? Thank you. I shall do so. Are there any matters arising from page 5 or page 6 of that meeting? No. Thank you very much. We'll then move on to our main agenda, which remains as published. Item 4.1 is application 15-1869 is an application for full planning consent in Newport and Mrs Hutchinson will make the report to us. Thank you. Um, the application we're dealing with here is an application for 94 dwellings on land of London Road at Newport. Yeah, I'll do that over. Is that better? Can you hear me now? Better? Better? Right. Um, yes, for 94 dwellings on London, at London Road, the access is to be taken from London Road. Um, have I got a pointer? Oh. <laughs> That? Yes, I have a pointer. Oh, no, I don't. Sorry. Access from London Road is to be t um, located just to the south of Frambury Lane and to the south also of Station Road, which is off your plan. Um, this is the access to the whole development, vehicular access. There is to be a pedestrian access in that location there that would simply take um, pedestrians through to Frambury Lane and that's envisaged to be the main access if you like for children going to the school. The proposal is for what they term an eco-village so the proposals involve houses which are um, to be zero carbon and they're designed to uh, achieve that through a, a mixture of things. Some of it is the actual design of the dwelling, some of it is the, the layout of the site. Uh, so we have a combination of things. If I move on, I can come back to this plan later on, just to give you an idea of 
how the layout would be. The, the dwellings have solar panels, so all the, all the, the roofs are um, asymmetrical, so that you can have a maximum amount of solar panel on the southern elevation. This will introduce a certain amount of uniformity with all the designs, but, but because they're obviously arranged around different sort of roads and things, you, you'll, you'll have a slight variation in, in the way you see these, these properties. As you come into the site here, you've got one-bedroomed properties here, you've got one-bed little cottages here, and this is designed as a community building. Um, with a variety of uses, it, the, the applicants are saying uh, A1, B1, D, D uses. So community uses, uh, business uses, possibly even uh, shops. That, that is the impression of the, the building from the London Road. You'll see there a hard area outstand, outside uh, designed or intended to be used as a sort of like a community, almost a community hub or, or, or that kind of thing. But, but I mean, those are all sort of flexible steps going up into the development. Sorry, I, I, as you can see, going up there and then the development to the rear. Just going back to the plan. Sorry. Nope. You can tell I don't have to do this very often. Internally, we have an area, it's probably easier if I point to it, an area, uh, two areas of, of open space within the, within the site with ponds. Those are to be used partly for suds, partly for amenity. You've got an area down this southern area here which are to be allotment. Um, gardens as well. It, houses are all arranged facing onto the green. Um, car parking primarily on site, although where it's not being achieved on site, you'll see that it is directly opposite within the green areas. The cycling, cycle parks and things like that are also shown in areas like that. So there's a fair range of things that are intended to be provided within the development. Though the landscaping, though, has not been submitted. We don't have those details. Those are something that would have to be agreed at a later stage. Um, so in terms of overall, the development obviously takes this southern area. We have another area... I will try and point to it, but if it flicks. This area here is an area that is intended to be transferred to the Education Authority for future use for the school. The initial plans showed access to this from the bridleway, which goes past the school and serves the access to the school. It then goes down towards the recreational centre. The, there have been complications because of that, that partly because nobody can actually um, claim ownership of it, nobody knows who owns it, so therefore the applicants have not been able to actually provide access to that part of the site via that way. So 
through negotiations, we have a revised plan which you are seeing here. This is partly actually the school's response to it. The applicants are now proposing that access to this bit of land, which would still be gifted to the school, access would be taken through the development. It would be access solely for staff so that they can use the area there as a parking area and that would then be able to move the car parking out of the school site itself and all car parking then would be here. The, the access into that would be lockable in the control of the school and it would only, as I said, be for staff. But no, uh, there would be no pedestrian access and no access through for visitors or, or parents. Um, the school has confirmed that they do not want that. They, they need to be able to control it, and it's a, a, as much a staffing issue as anything else. So that, that is how the, the, the plans have changed. The rest of the land would be landscaped. We would expect the parking area to be surfaced and provided before it's transferred over to the school. Um, but this, that then allows the school some flexibility, and I won't say it gives it all the flexibility, it gives it some flexibility as to how it moves forward in the future if it needs to expand. I think you'll all be aware that there were proposals in the former draft local plan, which has now been withdrawn, for a larger area of land to be transferred to the school. That was, I think, 0.8 hectares. We are looking at here 0.36 hectares. Um, clearly, it's significantly smaller. It's not ideal. Uh, but the Education Authority has confirmed that it would be prepared to accept it, subject to contributions as well to, to provide mitigation. In terms of other features of the development, we have, as you'll see in the report, there have been various um, consultations. There are no specific objections to it. There are requirements from Highway Authority, etc., to be able to provide uh, conditions. The road, well, all the highways within the site are to be private, so they will not be adopted other than the very much the, the, the bell mouth right at the access to the site onto London Road. Um, the reasoning behind that, as I understand it, is for various reasons. One, the applicants want to control it, but two, they also want to be able to put in perhaps a different surfacing to what the highway authority would require, which would allow more drainage so they could, they, you don't have the, the, the tarmac areas that you'd actually have to have for a, um, an adopted highway. Within the site, we're looking at um, a loop round there have been various amendments to it to, to ensure that it is going to operate still at an acceptable level in terms of highways and the Highway Authority have confirmed that they have no objections in that respect. In terms of the actual overall design and how it impacts on other residents, we have an issue with the site because of the levels. The levels rise quite significantly. I think you get a perception here of the difference in levels when you look at the, the, these are the small cottages and then you've got properties before. I think that is very foreshortened in actual fact. So where we have 
the properties on London Road, there will be a, a difference in level with the ones to the rear of those. Now, there are existing properties on London Road which have very short gardens. Um, these properties, I'm sorry, yeah, that one there has a, I do apologise, has very short gardens. So the proposal will include bungalows to the rear of those. They're set back some distance, so we don't have issues of overlooking and there won't be issues of overshadowing. There will be fencing and there will be landscaping along the common boundary, but no more in some ways than they've already got at the present in some properties, some don't. So adequate um, amenity will be retained for those existing properties. One of the issues that we've had is probably the amenity with the new properties that we are looking at just to the side of the, amenity, of the community building. They will have relatively short gardens and they will have a retaining wall before they've got new properties to the rear of them. Those are one bedroom properties, so they will have an outlook both front and back. Um, the, the amenity issue there, I think, is the retaining wall, plus making sure that the people or that the, the new dwellings to the rear of them are not going to be overlooking a, and overshadowing. The, the, there are design proposals that have been put forward by the, the applicants for the retaining wall, like a crib lock and everything else that will soften that retaining wall and make it more acceptable. It will also, I think, make it more acceptable when you look at it from London Road. So you will have that perception, perhaps a little bit more green other than the very, very hard um, aspect that you see on this property, on this illustration. There have been issues as well with properties on Frambury Lane. You'll see they, the, the properties here, there. The new dwellings are all two-storey. They do have a sort of a, a loft accommodation served by roof lights, but they're all set back well, in, well away from existing properties, and there shouldn't be any impact of overlooking any gain of overshadowing. We are dealing with a totally different design of dwelling, shall we say, to what we'd normally see in Newport. It, partly, I think it simply is the asymmetrical roof. Once you get beyond that, you will have a palette of colours that is very similar to what you have in Newport. Um, so it might be modern design, but, but it won't be out of, so out of keeping that it will look unacceptable. The properties along the frontage, which are along London Road, are all going to have regular roofs. So as you drive along London Road, you will not get that impression of the asymmetrical roof. Um, and generally, I think that, subject to then to the landscaping and everything else, which will be a very fundamental issue, I think, on this site, then it, it will be acceptable. There was a question asked when we were out on site about measurements of the, the access and Frambury Lane. Uh, just to let you know that the new access with the six metres, whereas Frambury Lane, we, we measured about 4.2 metres. Uh, in terms of Bellmouth, the new Bellmouth would be 20 metres and the Bellmouth at Frambury Lane is about 29 and it's slightly on a, a slant, so that's probably one of the reasons why it's, it's as wide as it is and it's a, an old one. I'm not sure there's any other points I can make to you at the moment unless there's any questions.
Thank you, Mrs. Hutchinson. Thank you. Um, right, we have uh, a load of speakers on this application, the first of whom is District Councillor Parry. And you have five minutes, Councillor Parry. Thank you. Thank you. Councillors, this application has taken a very long time to reach this stage and there's an awful lot of work that's gone into it by the planning department to get it here today. This site was originally identified for development in the now withdrawn 2014 draft local plan. Following the withdrawal of that draft local plan, the requirements that it set out have no weight and the development of the site needs to be considered and assessed against the existing local plan and the NPPF. The application site is located within the open countryside on the edge of Newport. The site is outside the development limits of Newport and is therefore located within the countryside where local plan policy S7 applies. This specifies that the countryside will need to be protected for its own sake and planning permission will only be given for development that needs to take place there or is appropriate to a rural area. In the last three and a half years, permission has been given to build 200 homes in Newport plus a 50-bed care home with an additional 90 homes for the elderly and an increase of 10 flats also for the elderly at Reynolds Court. This provides an additional 83 affordable homes and 100 flats or houses for the elderly. There is no demonstrable need for this development to be approved. The Council's updated housing trajectory and five-year land supply statement confirms that the Council is able to demonstrate a five-year supply of housing land. The Council considers that it's a 5% authority. This was supported by the local plan inspector by various inspectors in more recent appeal decisions and by the Secretary of State in the Land Securities Limited appeal decision in August of this year. The Planning Committee is therefore requested to turn down this application on the grounds of Policy S7. Thank you. Thank you, Councillor Parry. And our next speaker is the other ward member on District Council, Councillor Hargreaves. And you two have uh, five minutes, Councillor Hargreaves. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, it's not just that this is outside development limits. Uh, it has got too many things wrong with it, and it has a major sustainability failure. Uh, you will have seen the rough track from the school entrance, which goes to the recreation ground and the youth centre. Uh, the youth centre is also used for early years on a, a split site, with one being at the primary school. Uh, the parish have recently re-graveled that track, but it rapidly degrades to water-filled holes, and in winter there's an icy slope by the entrance. There is no drop-off provision at all, so parents stop all, all around the place, everywhere along there, and we've got small children going up and down there. It's got to be about as poor and dangerous an arrangement as you could possibly have. Now, this application was going to solve this, but at the last minute it was changed to a substandard arrangement with the car park in the wrong place, only access through the development, only to be used by staff of a primary school. So there would be no safety improvement at all and the car park most of the time would be empty. 
no benefit to children or to parents or to users of the recreation ground who might have shared the car park had it been put in its original place. So what else is wrong? Uh, Highways letter 24th of August says the commercial parking space falls below Essex parking standards. Uh, with the station and the vehicle businesses next to it, um, parking is already a problem there. Now, standards should not be ignored. The foul sewer. Angling Water says the sewage works can't take the flow, and so it will need on-site storage with controlled release, which will need access for cleaning and maintenance. This is not an outline application, and there is nothing I can see on the plan showing where any of this would be. Now, where is this on the layout that you are being asked to approve. Uh, storm sewer. The stormwater outflow would be directed, driven direct into the cam by a brand new pipe across the road and across the common. Now there's an existing large drain off the site, and by large I mean about this big, seriously big, um, which allows the common, goes onto the common as a floodplain. Uh, and this is presumably considered not big enough. Now, no assessment has been made of the extra floods to be caused by this pipe, and it's no good quoting suds on site as an answer, because if you're spending the money and time to build a big pipe, then obviously you expect it to be used. Uh, Newport houses flood regularly, and members of the previous committee will be aware that there, were, there are now a further 21 houses built downstream from here on a site which flooded in 2014. For information, there was flooding uh, uh, that part of the village in 1947, 1955, 1958, 1960, 1968, 1987, 1993, 2001, and The access has been built on top of an existing junction when it could be much safer and easier further south at no extra cost. Um, Inexplicable. But the really big issue in in this application, which is that it will prevent the required expansion of the primary school. That is needed because the village is going to grow by 50%. Now, a later speaker will cover this. Uh, But it's a fundamental sustainability failure to block the expansion of the school which we just need to have. So it is policy Gen 3 flooding, Gen 1C road safety, not making parking standards, layout not including significant infrastructure, blocking the expansion of the school and being outside development limits with a five-year supply. And not perhaps a planning reason, but I haven't come across anyone in the village who actually wants this. We've got a huge surplus of houses going up, including a whole estate of affordables. So please refuse this application. Thank you, Councillor. Our next speaker is uh, Leslie Smith. And you have three minutes, Mr Smith. Thank you. As residents of this small village of Newport and living in a democracy, we cannot understand how planning officers can put forward for approval this large and flawed planning application, which will, together with new houses already built and other plans in the pipeline, increase our community by two-thirds. 
The official website opened by Hartlesford Planning for our comments shows clearly that residents are totally against this large development. We therefore look to elected members to uphold our wishes and not agree to this flawed development. The site has been turned down three times in the past and the same arguments still exist. The flaws are that three-storey houses, not two-storey houses as was said by the officer, the flaws are three-storey houses are planned to back onto eight single-storey bungalows in Frambury Lane. If these residents wanted to replace their bungalow with a three-storey house, it wouldn't be approved. One particular property, Appleby in Frambury Lane, is most affected as it will be the closest to the new buildings on the whole site. It will be overlooked by three three-storey new houses, all their facing windows, including roof windows. Also on its boundary with the new site and built with full planning approval is a dependent relative annex, the windows of which will lose all their light and amenity from new buildings and fences, etc. We've had no replies to our letters and emails from the planning department about the legal distance between existing accommodation and new buildings. Also, no reply about the amount of noise which will emit from the planned 24-hour large pumping turbine being placed near us on the new development. <coughs> Another problem with building this large development of 94 houses and commercial elements is that the sewerage system is already over capacity, as is the rainwater drainage system. During heavy rain, this backs up and overflows sewerage into streets and gardens. No plans have been put forward to upgrade this old system in any meaningful way. The on-site water retention ponds will also cause a danger to children playing. On the plans it shows the roads and pathways will not be adopted by Essex County Highways and this will create a free-for-all parking problem as commuters to the station who, who don't want to pay for their parking will park on this development with nobody to enforce parking and no parking zones which would normally be carried out by Essex County Council. Commuters' cars already fill Frambury Lane and Station Road every day of the week. Also, who will stand the cost of maintaining these roads and pathways when they deteriorate? This piece of prime agricultural land has been producing crops for hundreds of years and it forms a green buffer between houses and the M11 motorway. As Newport is a narrow valley between the motorway and the mainline railway station, it's important to keep it as a green space. Finally, as explained, there are many problems with this whole development that have not been answered by the developers, and the will of the residents should be upheld by elected members and refuse this application. Many thanks. Thank you, Mr Smith. And the next speaker is Terence Carter. Are you sure? You're fine? Okay, thank you very much. Uh, and the next speaker is Peter Arscott. And you have three minutes, Mr. Arscott. Thank you. Um, I don't want to reiterate, which I've heard before. I think the previous speakers have uh, made, some, uh, made most of the points. But um, I have an issue with the certificate Bs, which don't appear to be issued at the present time. And the land the, is called a slip of land where units one to six are going to be built. That, that land is owned by Essex County Council. I am in communication with them over this matter, but that doesn't need to be, mean to be resolved. 
and the, I don't think the plan should have been accepted without the certificate B being completed. And I've checked with Nigel Brown, and he has confirmed that certificate B hasn't been completed. Um, Newport Parish Council did in, engage a specialist drainage expert to look at the, um, the drainage system, and it was pulled apart. And I don't think it's ever been they've ever resolved the issues that this gentleman, Mr. Brown, made. Not this Mr. Brown, but uh, uh, the Brown, who's the expert on the uh, surface water. Um, is his considered opinion that it doesn't work. Uh, you, it is intended to um, put a drain across the common, but I believe um, there's no indication that the applicant has made any attempt to speak with uh, Newport Parish Council about taking advantage of uh, putting the drain into the, uh, to, into the river. Um, there was the, there's the, I was disappointed on the latest plan, which shows um, that there is no, going to be no shared parking between the school and the recreation ground, because the recreation ground suffers with a lack of parking. And under the previous scheme, we were going to have a bit of a share there at the weekends. Uh, and the suggestion that um, we can't resolve the matter of the bridal way well, that matter can be resolved, and I believe Colin Challenger is well aware that that could be resolved by an, in, in, taking out an insurance policy to cover, cover yourselves. I think that's about all. Most people have covered all the other items, but I recommend that this application be refused. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Ascot. And uh, next speaker is Jody Emmanuel. And you two have three minutes. Thank you. Hello, I'm Judy Emanuel. I'm a parish councillor at Newport. It's on. So Sorry, just can you, before you start, yes. I've got um, parish council being represented by councillor Harold Bowman. Yes. Is he here? Yes. And you're speaking on behalf of the parish council or as an individual? I can speak on both. I prefer you to say which one you're going to be. Okay, as an individual then. Individual, thank okay. you very much. So Newport currently has 1,000 houses. Um, even without this development, there are an additional 200 houses that have already been approved. At 0.3 children per house, that will generate another 60 children within catchment for the schools. With this, this development, that would reach 90 additional children. We need to consider the needs of those children now, not wait until they reach school age. Newport Primary recently had two new classrooms built to enable it to house single form entry. Essex Education's response to the application states that in order to have sufficient space to expand the primary school to a two form entry would require a minimum of 0.8 hectares. As the officer mentioned, this proposal only provides 0.36. This plot of land wraps around the school grounds both to the south and the east. The west is bound by the road and the north by existing housing. If this land were built on, the scope for the school to be expanded to meet the needs of the local community would be severely constrained. It's Essex County Council's stated policy to expand existing school sites rather than build new. Allowing this development to enclose the school grounds will hamper the potential for expansion and consequently the growth of the village as a whole. In addition, from the very first public consultation on this site and throughout the process to date, the Parish Council and various individuals, including myself, have made it clear that this development presents a perfect opportunity to resolve the problematic arrangements for access between the school and the car park at Jikes Hall. We need a safe pedestrian route, a proper road and a drop-off zone for parents to replace the current chaotic arrangements. 
has recently become an even more pressing requirement with the move of the Oliver's Lodge Breakfast and After School Club to the Youth Centre at the Recreation Ground. This application does not address or meet this need. I understand the constraint posed by the lack of ownership of the Bridleway. However, as Neil states, I believe there is willingness at Essex County Council to resolve this situation. If the proposal proceeded in its current form with the car park adjacent to the new development and fenced within the school grounds, this would mean that no one else in the village would have access to this much-needed resource, neither would the children have access to the safe walkway that is desperately needed. What a waste of an opportunity. Thank you. Thank you, Mrs Emmanuel. Our next speaker is Parish Council, Councillor Howard Bowman. And you have three minutes, Councillor. Thank you. I am here as the Vice Chair of Newport Parish Council and a member of the Village Sports Committee. <clears throat> I represent the views of the Parish Council and also of Newport residents. We wish to make it absolutely clear that we do not support this application. Prior to the current expansions of the village, Sport England assessed Newport as having just enough open space and sport provision. It therefore follows that with all the extra housing we have had approved, we are significantly underprovided. This is the last remaining open space in the village, and if it is built over, there will be no available open space or room for the required increase in sports provision. This development is outside the village boundary. Uttleford has its five-year housing land supply in place, and we are told that it is the land supply which protects towns and villages in the district from development. This is not a NIMBY protest. Newport has seen a significant amount of housing permissions granted and feels that enough is enough. I have spoken to many residents and without exception they are against this proposal. The Parish Council therefore urges you to turn down this application as being against policy S7 and against the wishes of the residents of Newport. Thank you. Thank you, Councillor. Our final speaker is the applicant's agent, and that is Bill Dempster. I can allow you 12 minutes, Mr Dempster, if you really need them. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, my name's Dunster, by the way, D-U-N-S-T-E-R. I do beg your pardon. Thank you. Um, thank you, Chair. We've reviewed the officer's report, which is very thorough, and we have no comments on the planning issues dealt with in the report. However, I'd like to explain our design approach for the site. The Council's local plan emphasised the importance of a highly sustainable housing development and included an allocation for this site. No doubt the new local plan will also place the same emphasis on such development. The Newport Eco Village rethinks how life in a rural village could adapt to a resource-challenged future. Um, my company, the Z Factory, has pioneered low-carbon communities in the UK, with the Millennium Bed Z Village in South London being listed as a national architectural heritage this year. The Newport Eco Village will show how a high quality of life can be achieved with a lower environmental footprint in a more rural context.
This could provide Essex with a national exemplar community and will help raise the quality and standard of future homes in similar contexts. The community is focused around two village greens with safe and well-overlooked play space for children and space for community-forming activities such as barbecues and raised beds for growing vegetables. These spaces and the roads will be maintained by a community land trust in perpetuity. Back gardens face other back gardens, creating a secure public realm. The level of biodiversity and wildlife habitat on, on the site will significantly increase on completion of development and the scheme has been redesigned to accommodate a local badger set. Surface water runoff from the current field will actually be reduced from its current level by sustainable urban drainage schemes, ponds and attenuation tanks built into the roads. Stainless mesh panels placed 50 millimetres below the water surface will make the ponds safe for children. Most of the time there will be reeds. The development will actually reduce local flood risk and the blockage to the existing highways drain on London Road has been identified. Someone's built their home extension on it. The pedestrian desire lines crossing the site have informed the site layout and it's easy to access the school and footpath to Franbury Lane and throughout a very long uh, period of design development we've asked the school exactly what they required and we had a different change of opinion virtually every six months. So any of the proposals we've had for access to the school can be reinstated at the council's wish. A barn housing commercial and communal activities at the site entrance on London Road is framed by new cottages with traditional gables and generous steps connect the new greens to the London Road encouraging foot traffic for local trips and new pedestrian crossings proposed. The idea is to develop a village vernacular with asymmetrical south-facing roof surfaces enabling super insulated homes with very low heat and power requirements to meet 70% of this reduced demand from solar energy. The solar panels replace the need for a conventional roof surface, making renewable energy cost effective even with the reduced feed-in tariff. The north facing roof slopes will be traditional clay tiles. A 7.5 kilowatt hour battery store in each home uh, stores solar electricity generated during the day for use at night, only requiring top-up from the grid on winter nights. A sensible household will be grid-connected for only about 30% of the year, and then only at off-peak rates. And these all-electric homes have no need for Russian gas or fossil fuel or nuclear power stations, and allow sensible owners to live without, with no net annual energy bills. Heat recovery, ventilation and triple glazing both save energy and soundproof the homes from the London Road, although within the next 10 years the number of near-silent electric cars on the road is likely to increase. Each larger home should have enough surplus renewable power to run a modern electric car for about 5,000 miles per year, getting residents to work locally and silently. The village will also upgrade the London Road bus stop and is five minutes walk from Newport Railway Station with Cambridge and Liverpool Street within easy range. Each home will have an electric vehicle charging point. So this is one of the best places locally to build new homes. Materials are UK timber, larch weatherboarding, lime render, no urethane foams or toxic low-life materials are used in the construction. There will be opportunities for local labour to upskill and produce state-of-the-art zero-energy bills homes, which will significantly benefit the local economy. A show home from the Newport Eco Village has been completed at the BRE Innovation Park. BRE is where they write the building regulations. And has been independently tested and constructed and audited and approved for mortgages, reaching the highest score of the BRE Home Quality Mark, which has replaced the Code for Sustainable Homes. 
A significant number of Shell and Core homes will be offered for the custom-build market, enabling local people lower purchase prices, enabling them to complete the interiors themselves with their own sweat equity. And this will be very valuable to, to a significant number of local people. When we held an open evening in the school, there are a lot of younger parents really looking forward to that opportunity. There's been, no, there's been significant boundary encroachment from properties on Frambury Lane, perhaps explaining the, the, the vehemence of some of the objections, and neighbours' concern appears to be based on the fear of the new and concern that their properties will be devalued by the new development. Our experience at BedZed shows that such fears are unfounded and high-quality zero-carbon homes within a high-quality landscape enhance and not reduce local values. So these fears may be misplaced. The Trust has proposed development that offers the community benefits far in excess of a volume house builder, delivering the legal minimum, and this was government policy until July this year. It is also worth noting that the government has not scrapped the zero carbon targets embodied in the highest level of the code for sustainable homes. It has merely postponed them till 2019. So by the time the last home is sold, the village will be bang up to date and relevant whilst all the building regulation compliance schemes will become heritage problems. We also note that the UK has signed COP21 in Paris last year and the Newport Eco Village demonstrates affordable strategies that can be applied to both new build and retrofit to help meet the UK's national obligations. The committee is asked to provide leadership and endorse this vision of a clean and green lifestyle for Newport as an exemplar for highly sustainable housing development. One day it may even be included in an extended conservation area. The Sir Arthur Ayres Trust should be thanked for taking the time and trouble to provide this legacy opportunity to Uttlesford when they could have just sold their land to a volume house builder. The Trust were quite happy growing vegetables on their land until they were approached by the Council and asked to consider development to consolidate the village boundaries within easy walking distance of the railway station. Funding is in place and the development will begin as soon as possible, providing Uttlesford collaborate with our team on clearing conditions in a timely manner. And thank you for considering this proposal so carefully. Thank you, Mr. Dunster. Uh, members, before uh, <coughs> we get into our comments and questions, I've got several points there I'd like Mr. Brown to uh, clarify for us. The status of the application, the five-year land supply, the foul water uh, pumping situation, and the surface water drain across the common. Thank you. I think I'll split that between me and uh, Mrs Hutchinson. First of all, I want to pick up the point that Councillor Parry said very, at the very beginning, and she was absolutely spot on. Um, there's been lots of references towards this being in, in the draft allocation on the previous uh, withdrawn local plan, and it was also referred to by the applicant. That is absolutely irrelevant. It, is, it is, has no weight whatsoever, and so therefore uh, the previous... I, I think Alison mentioned it, but that was just in mentioning it, but it has no weight whatsoever. But, uh, but the slight sting in the tail, we have a five-year land supply, and therefore the, it then defaults to the current local plan, which is the 2005 local plan, and the MPPF. But I should mem remind members the MPPF does say that there is a presumption in favour of sustainable development. It doesn't necessarily put the drawbridge up, so members need to have that as a discussion. Uh, and in terms of the state of the 2005 local plan, um, we've had a, um, you know, a compliance test with it with the MPPF. It was broadly in line with the MPPF, apart from one important issue in terms of the allocations. There's not enough allocations in that left uh, in, in, in terms of sustaining the housing supply forward, uh, as well as the fact is that makes the development, li the development limits slightly out of date. But that's just a mindful thing. But the members just need to be mindful that there's a presumption in favour of sustainable development. Um, 
there are some technical questions that I think Alison's probably better positioned to answer. Uh, if I want, if, sorry, I'm not necessarily taking them in the order they came in, but there were several things. Chairman, which ones did you want to? You, you mentioned several. The, the drainage. Both foul and, and surface water drainage proposals have been considered by the relevant consultees, and we do not have objections. We have conditions that need to be attached, which will make sure that adequate drainage is provided and that those measures are put in place before any of the dwellings can actually be occupied. So there is a, the onus on the developers to actually make sure that this site is properly and adequately drained and it does not have adverse impacts elsewhere within the village. Um, the, 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 the applicant has explained what the proposals are, so there is going to be You've got your suds, ponds, plus additional tanks, and the foul sewage will also be dealt with in, into the foul sewers. Angling water have not objected. Um, we have no objections at all from those subject to conditions being imposed. So it, it would be very difficult for the local authority to argue that there is an issue on these when the, the relevant consultees do not raise objections. Um, I don't know whether you want me to address some of the other bits and pieces that were raised or not, Chairman. Uh, we'll see whether how they come up during uh, members' questions, if that's okay, Mrs. Hutchinson. Thank you. So, uh, members, over to you. Uh, Councillor Fairhurst. Yes, Mr. Chairman, just a couple of things. Um, I think we all agree that we need more homes in Uddlesford, and that's why we're here. I also like very much, I think we all do support the idea of an eco-village. It sounds very, very attractive, very beguiling. Um, the idea of being largely self-sustaining and less on the grid, the better. But uh, my question would be, uh, that, so should they be built here or elsewhere? Um, and there were a number of issues. I found at least three that did concern me. The fact that it's outside development limits should be an issue, because if it's not needed, then we don't do it. Um, but let's not handle that, and I'm sure we handle it elsewhere. The question of traffic was raised today at the visit, um, and that does worry me, because we all saw, I know the road very well, and that road is a very busy road, best of times, morning and evening, and to put 94 cars on that road at any time of the day is going to be a problem. Um, I'm concerned because a lot of schools are out there, and we have kids, it's a question of safety. But I'll move on to that as well. Um, I also noticed that there's a question, and, and uh, highways said that uh, um, the, the traffic what do they call them, the inappropriate speeds to detriment Highway 7, and they recommend a refusal on that basis, so I completely agree with them for a, for a change. I don't understand the drainage issue at all. I did raise it at today's meeting, um, because it's a very steep, steep slope. It's certainly not your normal sort of place, um, and we've been told now today that some, some expert has completely recognised that the draining is, drainage is, 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 is not fit for purpose. Um, as you say, it can be conditionalised, we can sort that, but the big issue for me is, is about sustainability and the schools. We saw two issues today, but the one in this case is that if the schools can't grow, you can't build more houses. Because if you build, build more houses, and we've mentioned there will be a number of places required, 11 places, 112 places, and so on. So you're building houses, and we're confining the growth of schools. That seems counterintuitive. Um, if you're building right around the schools, there's no place for school to grow, then you end up with schools that are con constrained and less capable of building houses. So I feel that's an issue for me, and I, on that basis, I will not be supporting this. Thank you, Councillor First. Uh, could I ask the gentleman in the gallery on the telephone to cease, please? Excuse me.
on the gallery. Can you stop talking, please? Thank you very much. Sorry, Councillor. Uh, who's next? Councillor Hicks. Thank you, Chairman. Um, I um, would like to draw attention to the report, which in, at point uh, 1085 onwards, which discusses the contribution from ECC that they would require in order to um, provide for um, education at the various levels. Um, in the report, it says that um, um, a response will be uh, that the, the agreement had not been reached. A further um, uh, advice from the education authority was, was, had been sought, and that a response would be reported already at the committee meeting. So, may I ask first if there has been a response, and if so, what the response was? There has been a response. It was actually published in the supplementary sheet that was handed out. No. no. Don't have that. Uh, can I ask while a member's chairman, while this is acceptable. Chairman, while yes. members are catching up with that supplementary, yes. may I ask a further question on a similar point? Um, you certainly may. Which uh, is that um, the question of the donation of land, which was originally going to be part of the um, agreement with the developer, um, had been varied and um, the Education Authority was resisting that. Um, is, have they, is a formal response on this matter, is that included in this supplementary? Yes, it is. Um, if you want me to summarise that, the, 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 the applicants have um, requested really that the gift of land should be offset against the contribution for education provision. The Education Authority has resisted that. Um, their view is that the, the contribution is required to mitigate the impact of this development. Um, the gift of land doesn't necessarily do that. It will help possibly in the future, but it's not directly related to the mitigation that's required for this development. So whilst they are prepared to accept the land gifted and for the purposes that is being set out, they maintain they still require the contribution in its full capacity. The, the, they, they have slightly adjusted the figures from what the original contributions were to, to reflect the passage of time, but we're not talking about very significant amounts in, in overall terms. Thank you very much. Thank you, Councillor Hicks. We'll come back to you on the education again, on the, if necessary. Uh, Councillor Lachlan. Thank you. Um, yeah, well, I think this is very innovative. Uh, 
and you know a first if you like uh, but I do have a couple of concerns um, on page 7 of the report is a front page um, it does say that um, homeowners would pre-order their homes prior to the construction of the homes and become engaged in their design does that mean we're likely to have a gherkin there or will there be somebody to make sure that the design is in keeping with the others because people do tend to get carried away when they design their own homes and they might like it but uh, it might be that nobody else does and it, I'd like to come back on something It's going to be else. a shell and core so they build the shell and the fit out is done by the purchaser Well it does say the design of their well, own Well the interior design so, No I am being serious, yeah. who's, oh. going to be, who's yeah. going to be keeping an eye on that and make sure that it is built should say into yeah. Hmm. Should it say interior design? That's my understanding. So that doesn't say that in the report. It says the uh, it design. Says it says it somewhere. No. I did clarify that with the applicants. It, yes, it should say interior design. It should design. say, yes. yeah. I thought, yeah. I thought so. Yes. Just wanted to clarify that. Otherwise, that was a concern we could add something awful there. Yes, it was a concern. Which wouldn't be fair to Newport. Yes. Uh, okay, and the other one is more serious, really. Um, it's about highway land. Um, again, on page 26, it does say no part of the development situated on the highway should be commenced unless or until highway rights have been removed. I would suggest that the developer applies to the highway authority, and I know this may be a civil matter, but it does affect the building. And it says for removal of highway rights from the land in question. However, there may be highway requirements to consider if an application was made in this regard and the granting of it is not guaranteed. So if we can't guarantee that, then does that mean that this application will have to come back because it has failed on highway grounds? If that can't, then there's no guarantee it can be removed. Um, just to step back slightly, there was a, 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 one of the objectors said that the certificate hadn't been served Appropriately, it has been served. Um, certificate B has been served on the Highway Authority, or notice has been served on the Highway Authority, and we, and we do have a certificate B. So the, 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 the planning application has been regularising so that it can be dealt with. If um, there is this uncertainty, quite clearly, it will be up to the Highway Authority to decide whether it's prepared to release that bit of land or not. It's a totally different process to be gone through through than the planning application. And yes, you know, at the end of the day, if that land is not available, then there may have to be an amendment to the planning application, not necessarily the whole of the application. We are dealing with a very small area. So it, 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 it could, that bit could come back. I, I can't say it won't. Right, well, that's what I, that was my other question. Will it come back to this committee if that does not happen? I would say it would do, because it will still be, although it would be an amendment to the application, it's, it's an amendment to a major application, that's, and also it's an amendment to an application, but it's an amendment to a major application, and because it's, therefore it's a major application, so it'll have to come in front of you again, yes. So if we're minded to approve this today, will there be a condition saying that? There wouldn't need to be. There, it, there wouldn't need to be, to be honest. There's two bits to this. There's the issue about... Um, 
we're talking about stopping up the highway and it, it's a chicken and egg situation in terms of which do you do first do you stop up the highway or do you get planning permission and I, I can guarantee if the applicants had gone to the county council asking for the highway to be stopped up now the answer would be no because there's no reason to do it and so therefore usually quite often it's the planning permission that has to come first and then the county make the decision both in terms of whether they want to do it and whether there's highway safety issues but if that does result in a highway change it will result in an amendment albeit a small bit of the site it's still an amendment to a major application which your constitution says comes here that's so what I want to know it would fine. come back to I just want to make sure it would yeah, come back right. to this committee if it Absolutely. has right, and I just have one further thing you had a picture there of some stairs going up into the site and they were, there were quite a lot of them I seem to remember could you show us that again please because I need to ask a question on that there is there any disabled access because yeah, getting a wheelchair up or down there a bit alarming I would have thought that is on one side of the building on the other side of the community building is the footpath is the public footpath so yes there's two levels to the building so you can still access right. the building from the rear or you can access it from the front and you can access the development either by going up the stairs or, or you can go up, up the public footpath. All right, that wasn't very clear, so Sorry. No, it wasn't clear, so I just wanted to get it into my own head that there, would, there was access down there. Okay, right, thank you. Thank you. Uh, now, Councillor Fairhurst, I'll let you come back on your earlier points, then I'll come to you, Councillor Freeman. Thank you. Sorry. Um, yes, please. I had finished speaking, but I just wanted to know whether this is something we should take into consideration now that it's been handed out late. Is this a point of order or something? Yes. Apologies, they should have been on your desks as opposed to up here. But yes, they are considered. They're an update on the report, so yes, they should be taken into account. Fine. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Uh, just. When I spoke to you, I think we emailed on Monday, uh, the situation was, in my mind, that a certificate B had not been issued and looking at the application, but from speaking to Alison, it, it now has been. The right. certificate B was actually submitted back in October, so it was within the time scale for this application to be determined at this, uh, at this committee. So the, the, <coughs> I thought it was on the website. We will check on that. Thank you. Councillor Freeman. Yes, th <clears throat> thank you, Chairman. Um, I have actually lived in homes like this when I lived in Sweden with mechanically assisted ventilation with heat recovery and triple glazed windows. And they are very pleasant to live in, but actually the picture, the, the computer-generated graphic on the screen here is quite indicative because if you look, um, they actually have very small windows. And that's one of the features, of, presumably a fairly accurate feature of this design. Having said that, um, the um, long sloping asymmetric roof is a very good idea and the actual site itself I'm sure will be very pleasant to live in, except, Chairman, that there appear to be, can we see a, a plan please of the site, ideally a fairly detailed one, actually one of those would do, one of those um, computer generated images, that just go back to please, okay that's fine. Uh, there are play areas, there are actually uh, balancing ponds disguised as play areas. Comforting to know that they've got stainless steel mesh just below the surface of the water, except of course when there's no water in them there'll be stainless steel mesh. But they're not obvious play areas and their chairman on this development there is no leap, there is no uh, local equipped area of play, there are possibly laps 
but again, balancing ponds don't make terribly good laps. So there's not much in the way of play areas on this site. Uh, that's one of the features which I think we seem to have overlooked. But my problem with this is that it basically checkmates the ability of the primary school to expand at all. It's, it's finished that. The primary school has to go someplace else. The 0.35 hectare which is being offered uh, is not of a great deal of use to them. It's not obvious what they do with the fairly squatty bit of land that they were being offered. And in any case, section 1087 on page 49 says the applicants have requested that the gift of land be taken into account and should offset some of the educational contribution. Well, the educational contribution, Chairman, Chairman is 700k, it's 0.7 of a million. And they want to reduce that somewhat. Uh, because they've given them uh, a fairly useless piece of land. But the major problem I have with this, and it may not be an adequate one in planning terms, but it is a very satisfactory one in common sense terms, is that the egress uh, and ingress to this estate, the actual junction, is actually very difficult to navigate. Okay, you can tell me that I'm not a highway engineer, what do I know about it, but I am a driver, I go along that road very frequently, and it's line of stern traffic in the morning and in the evenings, and if you're trying to get out of that estate and turn right, you would find it really very hard. It'd be one of these estates that you can't get out of in the morning. That hasn't been considered as far as I can tell. So there, there are various things. There's also the point made by the developer or by their agent <coughs> that this is that they're kit-built houses, which is very good. I like that. Uh, but, and that means you have a guaranteed build quality in general. But it was going to actually help local labour to pick up these skills. It won't at all. People that build these places bring in their own staff. They travel in from a distance. They bolt them together. They go away. They don't enhance the local skills base at all. So I think that's simply untrue. So from my point of view, uh, although the houses themselves would doubtless be very satisfactory to live in, I think the site is inadequately equipped with respect to local areas of play for children and takes no account at all of the density of traffic outside, the fact that people will drive in and out of it, even if they're using electrical vehicles, um, and that the uh, parking for the school has essentially not been addressed at all. Uh, so I can see that this could get built, uh, and if you don't have children, it would be quite satisfactory, but if you do have children, I think you'd find it quite a pain. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I had Councillor Lodge next. Thank you. Thank you, Chair. Could I, could I make a few points, ask a few points of clarification and then come back and make my, uh, my comments on the, uh, you, on the site? You Thank you, mate. Uh, firstly, the, the, the highway's history is, is quite interesting in that um, Essex's first inclination in their early letter was to point-blank um, recommend refusal here. There have obviously been a number of um, iterations of discussions. Um, I note that uh, parking is still not to Essex standards, so I'd like a comment on that. But also overall, particularly, if Essex are refusing to adopt this, they still have ongoing concerns about it and if they're concerns that even Essex highways have about it then that's something that we should have concerns about. Uh, secondly, um, the, it, it was said earlier that uh, Angley will deal with the foul, foul sewer, sewer water in, uh, in the fullness of time, uh, but we would need the, uh, the sewer station on site in the interim. So the question there is, is that shown and, and, and will that be in the plans? And then thirdly, I'm a 
somewhat confused about drainage in that um, we appear to be having a, a complete SUDS compliant uh, system here and yet there is still talk of a pipe out and across the common and in that case which may add to flooding problems further to the north in the village which is the direction of flow of the, uh, of the river there. So if I could have comments on those three first, thank you. Um, right. Can I just backtrack slightly? Um, in terms of the play space, there is a lap and a neap being proposed on the site. So that, that, that would make some provision. Um, turning to the highway's history, the, yes, there have been a lot of um, toing and froing, shall we say, in terms of this. The, the, it, it's not an issue that the local highway authority are refusing to adopt. It's the fact that the applicants are not offering it for adoption. They don't want to offer it for adoption. They want to keep control of it themselves. So we are in a situation whereby it's not up to the highway authority to impose its requirements on this site. It's, if you like, a, a meeting of the, in the middle, shall we say, to achieve what is acceptable um, from both parties to make sure that the the, the highways and the, and the amenity of future residents are adequate and, and acceptable. So we, we can't impose highway standards on a site that is not actually going to be adopted. We can look at it and require adequate parking, and there is adequate parking within the site. The issue is probably the commercial building, but again, we are looking at something which is being suggested as being a community building. It could be used by people who are residents there for offices. So it wouldn't necessarily need a lot of parking to be provided. Um, additional parking has been provided from that since we had those highway con comments. And those are the ones, it's a bit fuzzy, but if you like, to the west of the building, there, there are some additional parking provision being That's provided. That's following there. the latest comments from highways. Yes. Um, sewage is uh, and drainage is, is the schemes that have been provided are not fully worked up details. That's why we need the conditions requiring those. The the details that have been provided are acceptable and, and as far as we can t I can say that the consultees consider that the way of draining the site that is being proposed is going to be acceptable but quite clearly we want the full details and that's the reason for the conditions. It would be very rare for a full scheme to actually have everything in place all through. You, you know, it's not unusual to have conditions requiring additional details to be submitted to clarify those parts. The SUDS will be SUDS compliant, and that is largely to stop um, extra flow of water from that site at a faster rate than is already being discharged. So that the responsibility is on the, on the applicants to make sure that the flow of water from the site, which it still will have to drain because we're on a downward slide, will still be acceptable, but it will not result in flooding elsewhere. So why the extra pipe? 
I can't answer that. Is it probably the honest answer? That is a technical question that w was required. Well, it's to transfer the water. That's, yeah. It's to transfer the water that's stored. The water at the moment runs into the ground and finds its way to the river. We've got now hard surfaces. We're collecting water. We're holding it and we're discharging it at or below a natural greenfield rate, and that is being taken underground to the river. So. The water that's getting to the river now will get to the river now, and there will be any excess will be held up. Simple as that, really. No, yep. no. I need to emphasise drainage is very simple. It's, it's, it's to control flow, and the best way to control flow is to hold it back. Now, that sounds like it's very naive, but it's as clear as that, isn't it? Yeah. Really is. <laughs> Thank you. You've, you, you've partially alleviated some of my concerns. Um, I think that overall I'd like to say that um, in many ways this is, a, this is an impressive development um, and I think it is a development which, which may have its day uh, at some stage. I think this point is somewhat away from um, that day um, in that we, we could look at the, the uh, I think the letter of, of the law and the planning law which is that it does, it does fail on, on S7 but then looking very much on, on the other side of it other than if it can be proved to be a sustainable development and particularly a sustainable development uh, which the, the village do want and can appreciate the sustainable elements of it and, and whilst I, I won't go into a lot of the, there are a lot of relatively minor issues, I think highways are still quite, quite a problem but I think that the main issue on sustainability then is on the, the school issue I think that if we, if we have this situation where the school is hemmed in where it doesn't have the ability to expand. Whilst we may get uh, agreement on the three quarters of a million pound that goes in versus the relatively useless land that's been donated, even if we get over that, the school will not physically be able to expand, which means that in the future for housing development inside the village, the likelihood is that the children will have to travel outside of the village. We see a lot of school transport issues in the, in the district at the moment and children are travelling and they are travelling in what is an unsustainable manner. Hence, the real sustainable issue that we could get over to counteract the S7 development in the countryside is that if the school can expand and can be a sustainable part of the development of the village, we're absolutely not at that stage at the moment. I think from you have heard a, a whole lot of submissions and I would like at this stage to propose refusal of the application. Fine, thank you. I'll take that as a firm proposal. Does that find a seconder? Thank you, Councillor Fairhurst seconds that. Um, our next speaker is Councillor Mills. Thank you. Uh, thanks, Chairman. Um, I found myself in agreement with a lot of what Councillor Lodge is saying. Uh, could we have clarification on two things? You mentioned a commercial building as opposed to a community building. Can I just have a clarification of whether it's offices that possibly are going to be let or whether it's for the use of the public? The, 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 it, it's a bit of both, shall we say. It's a, it, they're, they're proposing it as a community building, but because it, they're proposing a B1 use plus A1 use, it has a commercial element to it as well. So it can be used as offices, it could be used as a shop, 
or it would also be D2, so that, that's the community element in it. So it's it, still under the control of the developer? Yes, okay. yes. Okay, that's the first part. And the second part, um, could we just go back to when they were going to be gifted the 0.86 hectares? Because my understanding of this is that they don't, couldn't identify who owned the land. So somehow it's being gifted even though somebody can't identify it, if I understand that right. No, not got that right? No, you got Could that you wrong. clarify that then, please? The, the, the 0.8 hectares yep. of land is part of the application site. So that was identified within the now withdrawn local plan. So has that 0.8 now been turned over to housing? Part of it is. We, are now, we have a reduced element that's to be gifted of 0.36. So that strip of land along there is 0.36. Yep. If it was 0.8, obviously it would encroach further into the application site. Yep. That was a proposed um, policy in the now withdrawn plan. So... And that was an application that was coming forward? Or we never had any application for that at all. Okay. In fact, I don't think there's been any, there have no, not been any planning applications on this site. So it, it, it doesn't have a planning history of applications. The, the, the issue of the access to the north, which is the bridleway, that is where the confusion perhaps is, because that is where nobody knows the access and nobody controls that access. Okay. So it can't, this land cannot be provided with a guaranteed access from that. But it is within the remit of the developer to gift or to do the 0.35 and perhaps another 0.5 on the other side out of the where there's now showing as built up that would then give us the capacity to increase it for education and meet therefore the requirements of the school in an expansive mode, potentially. There is always that capacity in any site to be gifted away, but you have no policy context to require it and to back that up. Okay. Okay, thank you. Right, thank you. I've got Councillor Hicks and then Councillor Lachlan. Thank you, Chairman. Um, I've now read the supplement, thank you. And um, I, I note that in the on page two of the supplement, um, it uh, says the proposed car park should hold 28 car spaces plus the required number of accessible parking spaces and should be appropriately lit. It was suggested by one of the members that there was no, the parking provision wasn't being provided for the school, but this presumably is parking provision for the school that's being provided. Um, that's my first point. Um, the, um, the second is a question, really, and that is this. Now that we have these revised, or no, not revised, these additional comments from Essex County Council on the educational front with regard to the sums that they would require, confirming that they're not prepared to uh, accept um, the, that um, the, uh, the gift of land should be um, offset against the um, contributions. And having seen uh, this set out now, is this accepted by the developer? It has to be if he wants to. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, we, we, we've not had a categorical no or yes. I can leave it like that. So they, they've been informed of the Education Authority's requirements. They are aware of it and they know that 
if this was passed by committee and it's your requirement, that that would be what would be required in Section 106? Only in that case, it would seem that the education provision overall is now uh, satisfactory from the point of view of the Education Authority and Essex County Council. Subject to that contribution... Subject that to that uh, S106 agreement uh, providing those sums uh, specified. The, the sums will mitigate the impact of the development and therefore that would be um, in accordance with the Section 106 re requirements. No, I the think the, the gift of the land is an extra thing that it cannot be required as part of this development, shall we say. It, it's an extra. Um, the 28 car parking spaces that are being shown on the plan are what the County Council and the school require to future-proof the school. So that would allow the car parking that is currently provided within the school to be relocated here and would then free up space internally which then could be used for some remodification of the school. It's not going to, and there's no suggestion anywhere, that it will allow the full two forms of entry, but it will allow some form of remodification of the school, and, and the County Council has accepted that. Um, that the, the, the fact that it sits next to the recreation ground doesn't also rule out community use, because the Education Authority is not saying no we won't share it, but it, will, it won't share ownership, it will not, but it will, might share future use. And that is something that would, could be looked at in the future, but it's not before us at the moment. Thank you. And Chairman, the point I was trying to draw out there is the fact that the Education Authority and Essex County Council, it seems, are satisfied with the um, education provision, provided that uh, the uh, terms which they've set out here are met within an S106 agreement. So um, I, I don't feel it's uh, um, the uh, objection which has been raised by some of the um, uh, voices we heard was that, um, that no provision is being made for the future. It may be that Essex County Council and the Education Authority in their wisdom wouldn't wish to expand that school any further, would wish to relocate. We don't know. With, but it's not for us to judge their position. If they're saying this is what they're happy with, then I think this is what we have to accept. Thank you, Councillor Hicks. Yeah, before I come to Councillor Lachlan and Councillor Mills again, I'd just like to go back to Councillor Lodge. Um, you proposed a refusal. I do need a couple of, uh, or some reasons for. <coughs> Quoted, if you could, please. Yeah, put the microphone on, please. Put your microphone on, please. So Sorry, yes, S7. S7. Yes. S7. Yeah, yeah. Any others? Uh, there were others. I need to ask others for advice for the, for the precise numbers. So my apologies on that. Uh, with Gem 1 was quoted on the EMC song, wasn't it? Okay. Yeah. Hmm? Sorry, we, we, we do need to get that noted. Well, do you want to do that now? Well, I think there was Gen... Gen 1. Councillor Parry quoted Gen 3. Sorry, Councillor Hargreaves quoted Gen 3 and Gen 1. Yeah. yeah. 
First of all, EMV10 refers to noise. Noise has not been mentioned once this afternoon. So I yeah, but, but, but I mean, don't be, no, hang on, we've got to say this is, a, this is a proposal coming from Council Lodge. So, I mean, I think that may be an issue that if Council Lodge's proposal goes forward and you want to add out other things, and obviously it's fully Council Lodge on that particular issue. The issue about S7... Sorry, it might not be an issue if I get an answer to my question, which is what I wanted to... I would prefer to get the main reasons settled first. Please. You're not ruling that out. We no. Raise it or no. Thank or you. We'll come back to you on that. <laughs> um, Council Lodge has mentioned S7. Um, S7 is, is back down to development in the open countryside outside development limits. Uh, that in its own right would not be able to be sustained on appeal because the local plan is S7 in terms of, in another way, you've just, you know, you, in terms of doing it because it's outside the limits, is not sustainable on appeal because the local plan on that particular issue is. is is, is out of date because we haven't got enough allocations, the development limits are out of date because we haven't got an update. So actually to do S7 just as S7 is, is, is a problem. Right. Councillor Lachlan then. Thank you. Sorry, well I, I was going to say S7 as well, but on site I did mention the noise because there was horrific noise coming from the uh, motorway at the entrance near the school and again on London Road. And you said you'd asked Environmental Health and they were going to give you an update. So that's the question I was going to ask because other than that I thought it would fail on EMV10, which is noise. So that's why I wanted to ask before the Councillor Lodge uh, did his bit, if you like. You should have asked first time round, then, shouldn't you? <laughs> there is human to forgive. It's divine. I think Environmental Health have responded by saying, well, have they responded? I think the issue with Environmental Health is in terms of, because we've, we've just... Oh, sorry, you can clarify this. <laughs> we, we've had... A noise report early on in the proposal in the application. Um, as you've seen in, in the report, there were various issues that environmental health raised in response to that. The applicants have been, as I understand, in discussion with environmental health. They have submitted, I think it was yesterday, their, their report, which I think they thought they had already done. Um, we do not have a definitive answer from environmental health, but it deals with the issues that were raised by environmental health and I think would probably be dealt with by condition. And I would be suggesting an additional condition that we would agree with environmental health. Mm, I'm not sure. Mm, that's a bit iffy. But members need to be assured that we, I we, think have, so. we have approved development quite close to the M11 in other parts of the district and it has been sorted out by way of the design of the dwellings and innovation in terms of the design of dwellings is, is, is basically what makes this applicant float and so therefore I don't think there is, I've got, no, I've got very little doubt that the dwellings could be designed in such a way to mitigate noise from double, triple PAs and whatever's necessary within it um, so, and that has been achieved elsewhere in the district with less um, with developers with less innovation than the ones we currently got, so it can be achieved. But you can't double glaze your back garden. That's the issue that members need to, to, to address, yes. Uh, Councillor Mills. <clears throat> I find myself wanting to support this purely because of the design and the concept, and yet I just find that it's all the right things but just in the wrong place. Um, and I suppose for that reason, what I would have liked... You okay. 
I suppose for that reason I would have loved it to have uh, been somewhere else. Um, I, I do find it a little bit ingenuous that we can't resolve the school's requirements with planning policy, uh, even if it means we come down to 30% affordable or whatever. In other words, give them more viability through the value of the properties they're going to build. If we don't need that many affordables, let's deal on that. You're going to say it's probably not something for us to consider, but it's just the practicalities of actually getting something to work if we could realise what the school needs and what the developer needs and make it work that way. And for that reason, I would support the application if it came forward resolving those issues. Right. I think, I think, sorry, for the chair. Yeah. I think members, we understand the members' issues here. I mean, I think the, the, the issue that we're talking about is, is it's, it's losing an opportunity to expand the school, although we've got a, an Essex County Council now recommendation, which unfortunately we have no policy for. We've got no, and that's no fault of the council for having a policy for that particular issue. Um, so therefore, you're going straight back to first principles and MPPF. Now. On another appeal, we've just been knocked back on that very issue when we've gone back to, to pure MPPF in terms of it. You are, demo, you, need, we, you, know, you are arguing, if that's the way the, the, the vote would go, that this development is not sustainable because it doesn't allow the school to expand. Now, I still think that's quite... It's very logical in terms of the argument, but I think it's a very tenuous link to try to argue that on appeal. And that's, what, that's the difficulty we've actually got. So if you were going to refuse it on that basis, in the absence of a specific policy within the local plan, you will be doing it on, on para 7 of the, of the MPPF, which is talking about sustainable development and the fact that it's unsustainable. Um, but I still think it's very difficult to do that because overall it's in a very sustainable location in, in terms of where it sits. Yeah. In now, sustainable design. So I think that is a very difficult, very difficult argument to run. Yeah, there are two, two aspects to that education side that strike me as being pertinent. One, this application cannot be expected to deal with the school drop-off uh, situation. It's not for the uh, application to deal with that. What it does do, however, by granting the land, it frees up area within the existing school premises for... Um, potentially further improvement if that's the way the county councillor who are the education providers decide to go. So, um, yeah, we've got Councillor Freeman, Councillor Chambers, Councillor Hicks and Councillor Lodge still wanting to contribute. Councillor Freeman. Yeah, thank you, Jim. I'll be very brief. Um, this issue about whether S7 is a satisfactory basis for refusal, uh, we're always being told, no, no, you can't possibly use that. But actually, the basis for refusal only becomes important, I submit, when and on the day that we appear before the planning inspector. And the reason why it becomes important on that day is because what is important is our five-year housing supply on that day. And at the moment, the five-year housing supply hovers around uh, five years. Oh, yes. uh, the clue is in the name, as it were. Um, and... <coughs> I think it's probably always getting better because there's plenty of stuff in the pipeline. We all know this. No, well, whatever. It's, it's a matter of opinion. But at the moment, <clears throat> if no. we have a five-year housing supply, then actually the local plan of 2005 is extant on this matter. It is still the um, local plan to which we work because there isn't another one. It was thrown out two years ago. We haven't yet got a replacement for that. But we're going to talk about it this evening, as we all know. Uh, so I would submit 
that provided we keep our five-year housing supply nicely topped up, and especially on the day that the inspector considers the appeal, then we should be okay in using that reason for turning down this application. One, one of your strands of argument there, and Mr Brown perhaps is going to uh, illuminate this for us, is that the five-year housing land supply is not getting better. Um, you're approaching the time of year when housing building completion rates slump badly and um, unless and this is not prejudging anything here, unless we continue to grant applications where they are sustainable, we will fall behind and then we will be left um, completely at the mercy of anybody and everybody. Mr Brown. Well, I just need to slightly correct you on that one. <laughs> just slightly. We have a five-year land supply, but even whether we... The five-year land supply is not the issue here. <laughs> um, if we had... Whether we had a one-year land supply or a 30-year land supply, there was always a presumption in favour of sustainable development, and that will never change. Um, and, 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 uh, there is an argument that it might not change even when we've got a local plan, because the local plan should be taking that into account anyway. But at the moment, so it won't change. The site won't. The only thing that could change between now and appeal is the site, and I think that's unlikely. So the S7 will always be referred to as S7 in terms of impact on the countryside and dealing with development. So rejecting something because it's in the countryside, just as a, just as a matter of course, is not, a, is not a justification. And it doesn't change with a five-year land supply because whilst wherever there is always a presumption in fund of sustainable development and the only issue regarding S7 is if there's any specific harm being caused to the, to, to, to the open countryside which doesn't come up in terms of the debate at all because I mean, people have been talking about the design the way it's designed not having an impact on the S but it can't be rejected simply because it's S7 it doesn't change with a lighter time and members should not be approving this to maintain their five-year land supply, they should be approving it because it's approving sustainable development, which would also help with the five-year land supply because that's how it works. Uh, but members should not be approving this to maintain the five-year land supply because it's sustainable development. And therefore, if you're going to reject it, you need to demonstrate that it's not sustainable development, which takes us back to first principles. And I think that's a very difficult argument in this case of all cases to argue that it's not sustainable development. Right, members, before we carry on, um, I'm going to pause the question and comment session for two minutes um, in favour of uh, my fellow uh, Vice Chairman. Thank you. So we'll just hold things for just two minutes, please. Thank you. If you can do it in two minutes, Mr uh, Councillor Chambers, you certainly can. Go! <laughs> The reason for the adjournment uh, is that if we carry on with the application, um, those two councillors would be unable to make a vote. So, thank you.
Right, fine. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. We are now uh, back to full strength. Um, the Chambers. Oh, you got you get your breath back. Okay. And we had uh, Councillor Hicks who wanted to come back. Thank you, Chairman. Um, <clears throat> I, I wanted to come back to say that um, uh, I do um, find it difficult to um, accept the arguments of people who, ex who decide that they know better than the experts. And, and I, I include my colleagues, Councillor Lodge, and his friend, who, who say that they know better on um, points of view of how education should be developed, and Councillor Freeman on uh, how um, access points on roads should be um, determined and approved or otherwise. I, I don't know all these things. I, I have to make my judgments on the, the little I do know, but mostly I have to rely on the experts telling me what is right and what is wrong, and what's permissible and what's not permissible. And so I, with this application, I, it seems to me that all the objections which are coming forward are being put forward by people who know the job better than the experts who've expressed an opinion in, the, in these reports. And uh, so I, there's no way I feel that I can go along with um, uh, uh, Councillor Lodge and, um, and support his motion for refusal here. If, um, everything that I have seen so far makes me think that this uh, uh, application should be supported, um, and, uh, but of course um, there's no motion for that at this time, so I can't uh, do that, but I thought I would make that clear. Fine, thank, thank um, you, One point I would like to add, and that is that um, I, I, it was said at some point that the Uttlesford District Council had actually asked this um, uh, developer to make a proposal for this site and to uh, 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 come up with a set of proposals which would be acceptable. And uh, I, would, I haven't heard anything from Uttlesford District Council about whether that is in fact so, that we in fact um, were the, in part at least, the instigators of this development when it was first mooted. I would find that uh, quite strange if that were the case, um, because the land it comes forward as part of the SAR. Um, let's, let's go to Councillor Chambers while they're Unless you can give me some I think advice the only, on that. I think you. the only issue that I can recall, well, I, I'm not recalling it's a fact, um, and that would have been the previous planning committee. And as members know, that we do some um, pre-submission uh, presentations to planning committee. And for those who remember, yeah, who were on remember. the previous committee, would remember these, these applicants did a presentation Indeed. Uh, some time back. But I think that predates the majority of you being on the planning committee. But I think the, the, three, the three or four of you that were the, the old timers from the previous committee would have remembered that there was a presentation. And I think that was the only... And that's, we'll do that with developers without any prejudice. If a developer's got an interesting... And there's no, there's no doubt that this is a different application and an interesting application and some that certainly needed to be presented to committee. And that, that was what the issue... And that was done in one of our pre-submission uh, um, meetings. Yes, it certainly wouldn't have been a pre presumptive uh, approach by us. No. Thank you. Um, I've got. Uh, I'm going to go back to Councillor Chambers if he's breathed up. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. 
Mr Chairman, I, I'm no planning expert. Uh, I don't profess to be so. But I have to listen to, obviously, what the professional officers have to say. But my prime objective on the District Council has, and I hope will always remain, to try and look after the residents of Uttlesford. Whether it's in my patch or whether it's in their patch. And we have to do what we think is right for Uttlesford District Council. You won't all agree with us all the time, and that's where we have a problem with the local plan. Whatever we do, we'll be wrong with some people. We're lucky if it's right with some. I had to state that. Now, I have real concerns with this application. First of all, there, are large, there have been a large number of houses approved in Newport, and the next application that comes up for reserved matters is another 84 houses that have been approved in Newport. Now, I have concern about the school with education. I'm sorry, Councillor Hicks, but I do not agree with you on what you were saying. I have real concerns about the school. I have real concerns about the health centre, GP. I have concerns about the access onto a, what is a major road. I have concern that it, won't be a, it will be a non-adopted road. And I'm sorry... But I don't think I've got nothing against eco villages, but I don't think Newport's the right place to put it. So, with those reasons, which might not be professional planning reasons, I should be voting against it. Thank you, Councillor. Councillor Lodge. Thank you for that. Um, ju just first of um, all, to, to, to say to my colleagues, Councillor Hicks, that it's the, it's the experts in, uh, in Saffron Walden who have got a whole load of primary schools with no places and in a completely unsustainable manner people are driving their children to other schools out in the villages. It's the experts who on the school allocation have children and parents in Saffron Walden driving straight past the doors of Saffron Walden County High School to other schools miles further away. So as far as experts concerned, we are here to take an overview of the experts' view. Um, we need to distill what they are saying and put our reasoned views on top of it, and we particularly need to listen to the concerns of our residents, where I find myself greatly uh, in agreement with Councillor Chambers. And here, we have to look at that bigger picture that the real educational needs will be met by allowing this school to expand at some stage. Now then, we're looking at, at, at reasons to, um, to win at an appeal. And I have, in fact, now got the list of, uh, of, of uh, policies which I can put forward, and I will do, and we go to appeal. But I think the overall thing that I want to say is that we really, really, really do not want to go to appeal. We have what I think, uh, someone here, I think, is a, is a conscientious developer who wants to put in an innovative, modern development. But he can only do this if he takes the community with him. So for goodness sake, let's turn it down, but then let's ask the developer to go back to the people of Newport, the residents of Newport, and make sure and try to see if they can find a development which will fit everybody's needs. And so on that basis, let's turn it down and let's get a proper dialogue going in the future. And those reasons are, those policies, 
S3, S7, Gen 1C, Gen 2, Gen 1C, Gen 2, Gen 3, Gen 8, EMV5, H9, H11. The book. <laughs> I'm going to. But just to repeat, I don't want to get into confrontation. We, there's, there's, a, there's, there's an opportunity to work together on this, but the first step has to be to turn this down and send the message and let the developer and the people of Newport work together. Can I, can I help Councillor yes, Lodge please. out now? Because um, <laughs> I must add, more is not necessarily best. Um, and because each so S3, like S7, will be back down to the factors, the, the development limits and the, and the open countryside bits are out there. One matter that you raised was, and Councillor Chambers re-pitched it back in again, because it, was, it seemed to have been lost quite rightly when you were talking about the school, you got lost about the access. I would never, ever advise you to, to refuse things on basis of Gen 1, where you've got a highway recommendation of approval. But... That's what you're going to be doing, to be honest. And at least, and, and we have won appeals on Gen 1. Well, members have won appeals on Gen 1 based upon that, um, because members' concerns, there was concerns raised today on Gen 1. I will say to you, we are in danger of having costs awarded against us, but that is the issue in terms of Gen 1, because there are issues on this particular site that are far from perfect, um, and I'll accept that. You know, you, you were talking access onto London Road and all those type of things. So Gen 1 is one of those ones which I'm not advising you to, but if you're going to go down that route, I would suggest it. Uh, Gen 2 is also the general design of the issues, which, again, I don't think you're talking about the design of the houses, it's the general layout. Members should not be alarmed by the fact that this is not going to be an adoptable road. Um, uh, you know, because adoptable is not, it's not, we're not cutting corners here in terms of highway safety, in terms of the layout. It is down to allow the developer to have innovation in terms of their design. We're talking about surfaces and we're talking about stuff like that. So the, the roads will still be, the, you know, that type of stuff. You know, the reducing the amount of street lighting that's required. So the development is actually done in an appropriate way to continue that, um, as you know, county councils and highway standards, they can be stuck in older ages. And so, therefore, to come home in terms of, so do not be alarmed by the lack of uh, the roads not being adopted. These roads will still be able to get a bin lorries around there. They'll still be able to do all those things. So, but, but I think if members are concerned about the access, Gen 1 is a, is, a, is a reason that you can go down, but again, I'm not advising you. If you were going to refuse this for any reason, I would insist that you have Gen 6 as one of the refusal reasons anyway, because Gen 6 is, is basically the Section 106 package, because if you didn't include Gen 6, you would not, cannot guarantee any of the package, including the school app. So and now Gen 6, it could be argued amongst Gen 6, the provision of the expansion of the school, I think is a very difficult argument to run, but it is best that that to be a slight hook that you could run with. And let's be honest with you, no one in this top table will be defending that appeal, to be quite frank. It will have to be another officer to be involved in that or, or somebody else. Um, uh, but, that's, but don't necessarily have to throw absolutely everything at it, because you have to... You have to quantify each one of those, those policies. Um, S3 and S7 is, is a difficult one to run because of the countryside. So I would suggest picking up, and you didn't actually in your list, you, I don't think you even mentioned, you didn't say Gen 1, did you? Gen 1C. Gen 1C. Gen 1C, you just say, right, okay, that's great. So you can run with that, although I'm not recommending you do that, but I, I know where this is going. And Gen 6, I would insist, that might be enough to go with. I think it's very difficult to argue this as being unsustainable. 
And I think that would, that, would, that would be very difficult to argue, simply because of the nature of the development, where it is, um, even though you may have clear merit in terms of your, your, your concerns about the school expansion, but that could be covered by Gen 6. What were H5, uh, H9 and H11 then? H9 affordable housing it is providing 40% affordable housing so I don't see how that's contrary to that and the H11. other H11 to do with it's not an exception site so I think I, I think that would just complicate PMB matters on five yeah, hang on. Yeah, hang on. I don't know what quality. EMV5 refers to the loss of agricultural land. Now that... Alison's <laughs> got experience in terms of defending the inquiry. I've got experience of defending all of your policies, and most of policies at inquiry. Um, Best and versatile land is not one to really defend on this one. One, because you've got a very isolated piece of land that's divorced from the agricultural, the larger agricultural um, area. We haven't got an, a, a, an agricultural classification here even. The, the, the applicants haven't submitted it, so we don't even know it is best and most versatile. Um, we've also got an issue here that it's got knotweed in it. So that in itself is an issue that would possibly take it out of even any consideration of best and versatile, most versatile land. So mm -hmm. when you're in a district that you've got mostly grade two land, so development has to take some best land, this isn't the site to be arguing that on. Uh, I'll come back to Councillor Fairhurst in a moment. Councillor Riles, you've been on the list quite some time now. Sorry about that. That's right. Thank you. I think everybody's covered most of the points. Um, I'd just like to uh, nip it, if we can, in the bud, because we're going to be here all night before we even start this evening. I think we've covered all of the main points. Um, I, like the, um, I like the application. I like its sustainability, as Nigel's covered. We can't really fight it on this, and I think if we reduce the number of the properties that trying, the developers trying to build, would take the pressure off the water, the traffic flows, parking spaces, the immediate school requirement. Um, but on that, the quid quo, uh, pro quo should be we should reduce the number of affordable houses that we're asking for, because we've already heard from Councillor Parry, I think it was, said that there's sufficient in the new developments. So I'd mind it. Can we just wind this up and um, get on to the next one, please? Thank you. Councillor Fairhurst. Oh, okay, fine, thank you. So we have um, a proposal for refusal on various conditions that Mr Brown has uh, pointed the committee towards. Uh, they're out, did you say? Yeah. yeah. Talking, Which is talking Gen 1C and Gen 6. That's picking out the policies from what Council Law suggested. And so I don't think you need... It's not a case of... Um, arguing the amount of policies you've got. They, each policy has to be argued. And each one of those policies, Gen 1 certainly, will be a difficult one to argue, but it can be argued. Sorry, Mr Chairman. I understand yes. that, and, I, and I, I think I get what you're saying, but 
Newport is a special case. When you're talking about outside development limits, when you're talking about countryside, you have to consider the context as well in terms of MPPF. And in this case, I think it, you can argue S7 on this. Otherwise, you're effectively opening the floodgates for further developments. Yeah. Well, it's, yeah, I mean, you're the, you're, you're the second proposer and seconder, so it's entirely up to you what conditions we, we, we add in. So. Yes, yeah, so we, I, I would want to keep in S7, yes. Thank you. So we've got S7, Gen 1C, Gen 6, and those are the three. Yep. Councillor Hicks. Thank you, Chairman. I, I really do feel you should remind the committee that uh, we should be deciding each application on its merits, not on where it sits with relation to um, policies of this administration or any of its opposing groups or whatever or even what the town and parish councils happen to want here and there this application should be decided on its merits and I think you should remind the committee that that's the case and, and just, just, to, um, just to hear you scratching around trying to find suitable policies which might be called into um, operation in order to uh, uh, oppose the development seems to be it, it explains itself it, there, it really, there's not much you can oppose in it and so you have to go to these lengths to try and find reasons to reject it um, Sorry. that's all I have to say Chairman. we only have our policies uh, to chair, go on Councillor, through the chair sorry, please I'm thank sorry you. that was just no, so dark through the chair please, switch off, thank you uh, Councillor Lachlan, you wanted to speak. Well, I was just going to say that's just daft. I mean, we, we, uh, are, we have a book here of uh, our, our old local plan, which was adopted in 2005, which are our policies, which are all we do have to go by. And we are told that when we have an application, we read the report, we listen to everything that everybody says, we don't take size, and then when we have done all of those things and looked at our policies, then we make our decision. I mean, what do you base... Oh, I don't like that, so I won't vote for it. You've got to have a policy, and it's just daft to say otherwise. I'm sorry, Councillor Hicks. Thank you. I think Councillor Hicks was making a fairly valid point, and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll beg to differ on, on what um, the intention was. Uh, Councillor Freeman, you wanted to... Very briefly, uh, Chairman, thank you. Um, when we go to appeals, the learned barristers always explain to us extremely carefully that we've had the audacity to go against officers' recommendations. We really ought to be quite contrite about this and we really ought to just sit down and allow them to roll over us. The point is, we live in a representational democracy. We are here because we stood on doorsteps and people voted for us. We are here to fine-tune the planning process in these major issues. And everything else is guidelines, actually, but this is a representational democracy. The foundations for which are actually put down here in Saffron Warden during the debates which took place during the Civil War. So I am very proud of that. And Councillor Hicks may well have been a barrister in his earlier life, I have no idea. But I am all in favour right. of representational democracy. Thank and you that's very what we much. continue. Yes, the mother of you all said fathers. brief. Right. Thank you. Right. So, as I was saying, we have a proposal for refusal based on three conditions and 
That's been seconded, so we will now go to the vote. All those in favour of refusal, please show. Eight in favour. Those against refusal? Two against. Uh, so that application is refused. The next application on our agenda is item 4.2. Members, attention please, thank you. Next item on the agenda, application 161574. We've just lost our legal man. He's just gone out. Is he? Yeah. Well, sorry, we're going to have to have a pause. Our legal officer is uh, absent for the moment. Thank you. We have a two-minute break. Thank you.
Right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back to full strength, and so we will now proceed with item 4.2 on the agenda, application 16-1574. It's details following the grant of outline approval. It's in Newport, and again, Mrs Hutchinson will make the presentation for you. Thank you. I wonder if we could ask to swap the microphones there because I can't hear very well. Is that better? Yes, I'm audible. Right. Do you want me to go back over there? Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Sorry. Reserve matters that we're looking at today are for the appearance, landscaping, layout and scale. We do not have an application to discharge any of the other conditions, which includes the highway conditions, the drainage conditions, any of those issues are still to be submitted to the local planning authority for future approval. So we are simply dealing with how the development looks on the site, basically. The proposal follows generally um, the illustrative layout that we had at the outline stage, there is the accesses in the same place, so the development follows along the eastern side of that, and then it loops around with development both around its edge and within the loop. The, the main difference probably between the outline, which was only illustrative, so it, it wasn't anything that we could say, yes, you must follow that, we never did require that to be followed, is the um, inclusion of some flats, which are the L shape that you see on the sort of southwestern side of the. We have some details of those. The rest of the um, design is generally normal detached houses, semi detached terraces, mostly two story. The ones that you've seen here are the highest, which have got um, accommodation in the roof with dormers. The Flatted scheme has been amended. That was much higher and would have been quite prominent, I think, on that location. We're looking at trying to achieve a, a sort of a, a softer edge to this part of the, the settlement. That has been reduced in height um, and, a, and a more attractive scale, shall we say. It, it, it will blend in a lot better than the previous proposals. So if I go back to the layout You have detached dwellings as you come into the site with the very fuzzy, but effectively um, a retaining balancing pond here. The, the suds issue would be here, um, part of the landscaping, but not necessarily 
part of the drainage. So we, it, we're, we're in a slightly sort of mixed situation here. We're approving the landscaping, which includes that basin. Um, it, it shouldn't change, even, with the, if, even when the submission of the, of the drainage details come in. That, that is why it's, it's here at this moment. We've had some issues with the applicants regarding affordable housing and up until probably just before the report was written, we didn't have an acceptable layout for affordable housing. The scheme that you are seeing now on the board is the revised layout, which is acceptable. It has separated out um, the affordable units, so they are a little bit more scattered around the site. The, the yellow and the pink units are affordable, and the rest would be market houses. So you can see there is a, there is a, there is a more of an equal spread. Um, the flats are also affordable housing. The enabling, housing and enabling officer has, has agreed that that's now acceptable uh, as a layout. Overall, the design now provides a fairly extensive um, western sort of interface, shall we say, with the countryside. That's open space. We have a play area, sorry, play area just to the west of the flats, which is a, um, it's a leap, so it has equipped play equipment in it. We have the allotments that were required as part of the section 106. There's six allotments there, which also have uh, parking spaces adjoining to it. So overall, the elements that are required by the section 106 are also included within this application. The proposal provides quite substantial numbers of car parking spaces, actually more than it's required by the uh, council standards. The one issue we have had with it is that possibly it's not in the always in the location it needed to be. So the flatted scheme has perhaps fewer than it should have, but there are additional parking around it which can be used, and, and they would be probably the only ones that would use that anyway. So in terms of overall lay layout, car parking is fine. Um, garden size is, is fine. We have probably just a few on this lower boundary where, where we've now had affordable housing placed, where the gardens have perhaps shrunk somewhat. Um, but overall, as you can see, most of the, the, the design is, is in accordance with the, the requirements of the council and the Essex Design Guide. There is a bit of open space internally which will be a green. Um, there isn't an awful lot more that I can say. It, Going through, the, obviously one of the things that this site is, together with the one we just dealt with, is the fact that it is on sloping ground. So we've got street, layout, street scenes here showing, gives you a rough indication of how it sort of rises from Berry Water Lane up to the site. Um, and again, that is one of the issues that we've had to be careful with, trying to make sure that we have a nice wide landscaped area to try and sort of screen it from the open countryside beyond and to make sure that the houses aren't unduly prominent. They will be visible. There's no denying they will be visible. This was something that was accepted at the outline stage because of the, of the layout of the land, because it's rising land. Um, but the landscaping is designed to try and at least minimise that as much as possible. Again, the street scene showing how development will sort of 
come down the, 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 the slope. The flats at the bottom of the old scheme, so the, the, these haven't been revised, but they are simply an indication of showing you how, how the, the levels will do change within the site. Quite clearly, we have um, the, the, the site will tie in at some stage with the land to the south, which is where the care home is. That, at the moment, is still an outline application. We don't have details for that. We have tried to make sure that the details of this will not conflict too much with anything that goes on there, so making sure that they're not going to be overlooked or, or inadequate amenity. Um, but, as I say, we, that's still an outline stage. We don't have details for it. There is one car parking court now. We had two, one car parking court, which is tucked in the little corner right on the south-eastern corner of the site. That simply serves those four dwellings that are, you, you'll see in it, the terrace of dwellings. So it, it, it's not going to cause a problem and it will be usable um, and, and quite safe, I think. So I, I've got no objections on that. And generally... Um, the application is, as bef that's before you, I think, is acceptable in terms of the overall design. Thank you, Mrs. Hutchinson. Uh, now, our speakers seem to have been depleted somewhat. The first one I can see in the room is Mr. Ascot. Ascot, sorry. And you've got three minutes. Thank you. Yes, good afternoon. Um, I generally like the look of this. It's um, quite traditional housing, and if you go to Carla's um, development in Quendon, it all looks very nice and tidy. I have no issue with that. But my issue is, and I may be—I've just had a word with a lady at the table there—that the drainage hasn't been sorted, which does concern me because I think before I've explained at these meetings, I sit at a confluence of Berry Water Lane, School Lane, and Wickham Water, and I witnessed the flood when they first start off and I don't know there, are, there has been a 278 agreement which we haven't been able to see but I understand we can see the 278, 278 agreement and then we can get that changed when need be the parish council have met with Carla who invited them down to look at their show houses but they were going to try and negotiate some deal with Carla but I understand nothing's been resolved at the pleasant time now, uh, the, they're going ahead with the roadworks in School Lane, which I have an argument with. Um, Essex, are, Essex are doing, Essex are, uh, well, Carla are doing the minimum as, de as described by the Essex approval. But um, what concerns me, we've got a footpath goes from top to bottom. We have no street lighting on it. And then we then had these uh, footpaths across the conservation area, which is owned by Essex Highways. So we have a lovely two-metre footpath, and then we're going over a bridge, the sort of bridge you'd find out when you were out for a walk in the countryside, which is planks with gaps in between them, which is not ideal for people with walking sticks who are possibly coming from the re retirement village. So we have been a unable, the parish council have been, uh, and myself, been unable to see this detail. The only detail that Carla sent us, I don't think they were obliged to, was to show the passing places in School Lane. So what I'm here to say is, really, we're being kept in the dark as to what is going on. But you say 
this is all coming forward so I presume this gets passed today and then how do we make sure that we've got drainage and footpaths that are appropriate because there's no joining of footpath 24 with 21 people have still got to walk out of Tenterfields which is an unadopted footpath unfortunately then climb up a bank to get on this new footpath which takes us up to the uh, top of school lane it seems a bit of a lash up to be perfectly honest and I just wonder how we resolve the situation. Okay. Thank you, Mr. Ascot. Um, I was just querying with Mr. Brown on the situation regarding the outline approval conditions, and I think Mrs. Hutchinson will be able to answer that in due course. So okay. thank you. Our next speaker is was from the parish council, uh, Councillor Bowman. Sorry. Through the chair, I'm the chairman of the council. I'd be happy to make a comment to you. Please, board. And your name is Andrew Yard. Thank you. You got three minutes, Mr. Yard. I'll be brief. Um, because the, count, the councils have been here uh, long enough today already, um, we've made our points, which are detailed in the document. Just a couple of material facts I want to make um, correct. We have. Spoken to Carla on the subject of the 106 and various contributions. We believe that we should have been involved in the consultation on that um, at the time. That we will continue in some of the detail on the allotments, details that they've had some of that com correspondence with us, and that's been changed. We do have reservations around um, the water and sewage issues in this area of the village. That's absolutely correct, and um, the former speaker um, has echoed the points we've raised. And we've raised issues about this, the 278 agreement because we've not had sight of that, which would have been useful given the materiality of it. Um, everything else is set out in the paper, so I'd prefer to leave it. You've read the paper, so I don't want to take any more of your time. Thank you very much. And, sorry. And we now have the applicant's agent, Trevor Dodkins. Yep. And you have three minutes, Mr. Dodkins. Thank you. Thank you, Chair. Firstly, I've read the report and um, fully support the well-considered views and recommendation of, of officers. As set out in paragraph 4.2 of the report, we have worked closely with officers over the pre-application and application stages over the last six to nine months, and we've made a large number of changes and submitted further information as a consequence. Um, we've also, as uh, suggested by the last speaker, we've also met the Parish Council on numerous occasions as well. In fact, I counted four. Members will be aware from the officer's report, um, and I'm delighted to say in, in, in relation to the previous application, um, that this scheme already has planning permission. The details before you are just limited to the reserved matters. Um, there's been some talk about the Section 278 and uh, various other matters. The Section 278 has already been signed. The Section 106 has already been signed. It's only the details that are before you today that are under consideration. Our discussions with officers have been with the aim of ensuring that the details are wholly consistent with the parameters established by the outline. In this regard, you'll see in paragraph 4.3 of your report that, this approach, that the approach as proposed accords with the key principles of the allocation in the now withdrawn local plan, whether it has status or not, and they also accord with the approach established by the illustrative master plan presented and approved as part of the outline permission. In addition, we've also met the Parish Council, as I say, on, on many occasions to clarify details of how the scheme will be developed. 
Although the parish have raised concerns in their last response in August, these relate principally to matters outside the site and which were agreed, as I said, as part of the outline planning permission in section 106, which Carla don't now have any control over. However, I would stress that Carla have met them since and made a number of changes to the scheme, most notably, as you've heard, to the flat scheme. There have been, in addition, eight neighbour representations which raise matters of principle, which again were dealt with at the outline stage. The committee will be aware from the company's developments at Rickland Green and Takeley that Carla have a very good reputation for building high quality and well designed houses, and this site will be no exception. As set out above, there have been no objections on the quality of the design. In addition, I would also emphasise the following points from the officer's report. Firstly, the appearance, landscaping, layout and scale of the proposals are acceptable. Secondly, there are no adverse impacts on the residential amenity of existing or future residents. And thirdly, there are no other material considerations which would affect the approval of the reserve matters. I'd also like to add just finally two, two other points. Um, the scheme, scheme meets in most cases exceeds council standards for parking and garden sizes, as you've heard. Uh, matters of drainage and foul water have already been assessed as part of the outline planning permission, um, and the details of, the, uh, of those are established as conditions of the outline consent. Um, I can bring members up to date with that. Uh, we have now got schemes uh, approved with the relevant authorities, Anglian Water and ECC SUDS, and uh, we're just about to submit the details with those conditions. Uh, just finally, as a consequence of the above, I hope that the committee will be able to agree with the officer's clear report and recommendation and vote to approve this application. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Dawkins. Before I throw it open to you members, I just ask Mr. Brown to mop up a couple of the outstanding points there. Thank you. Thank you. I wish agents wouldn't mention the withdrawn local plan. That's absolutely irrelevant. It's absolutely irrelevant to this application anyway because this is a reserve matters application. So um, the agent was quite right. It's got an outline plan of mission. Within that outline plan of mission, access was reserved. So access is not for consideration within this. It's already been it was approved, yes. It was approved as part of the outline planning application, uh, including the, the means of access. And the section 278 that members keep hearing about, um, that is works that are to the highway that are being carried out. It covers both two sites, both Carlos and the retirement village that members approved two weeks back. So that they were also covered within the 278 and they're also covered within the 106. There's some stuff that 278 has that the 106 hasn't got, but members should welcome the fact that the highway improvements are ongoing uh, before we've got the reserve matters application. So members are only considering today uh, the, let's get it right, on, on the, in terms of the, they're looking at the details of appearance, landscaping, layout and scale. So it's literally the housing layout is what members are looking at, not the highway issues. And I'll also re-amplify what Mr. Dockers just said about the drainage issues. That was also covered by conditions on the outline, which are not covered within this application, uh, because that is covered by the conditions attached to the outline. Thank you, Mr. Brown. Right, members, who's first? Councillor Mills. Um, thank you, Chairman. Um, happy to uh, go along with this. I mean, it's a nice scheme. Uh, we've looked at it before um, to see the detail. I'm very glad they've reduced the level of the large building. I think it's going to help the scheme a great deal. We were concerned about the height of it before. Um, the only other thing I'd love to see added was a couple of parking places, perhaps on White Ditch Lane, uh, but that may not be part of the remit of this committee as such because it may be a highways issue but it could have actually been done just to alleviate some of the pressure on that road and apart from that I would like to recommend for approval Thank, Thank you. you. And does that find a seconder? Councillor Chambers is seconding that. Do you wish to speak at this time Councillor Chambers? 
Thank you. Mr Brown, you wanted Sorry, to... Sorry, and then this may go back to the proposer. There's one issue in terms of housekeeping that um, both me and Alison have got to raise at this stage, and that is regarding condition three, uh, which is the part M condition. Um, because that should have... Imp- members will be aware that, the, that we now impose uh, part M condition on, on, on outline planning permissions and full applications so, so we can achieve um, the Part M and, it, and actually bites out of building regulations. At the reserve matter stage, that's too late. Um, it's, unfortunately, this application is not showing any, any, any attempt by the applicant to try to circumvent that system, but the fact is it is too late. It's because it's fallen between two stalls, the outline plan permission was approved back in, in 2013, so therefore, at that point, that piece of legislation. So the recommendation is to omit to Condition 3 because we can't actually, we can't actually impose that at this stage. That is not to say, members, that um, Part M would have to be complied with under building regulations in general respects. So, um, any other comments, questions? Councillor Fairhurst? Yes, Mr. Chairman, just a point of clarification. We are advised that the issues in terms of flooding and so on is is, is material here, Um, but there's no mention of that in conditions. I assume that that flooding has been taken care of and therefore it's no longer an issue. the only reason it's material is because insofar that it affects the landscaping because we've got the, the swale or whatever you want to call it on the southern part um, as Mr Dodkins explained they are preparing their drainage scheme and that will have to be submitted to the local planning authority to discharge the relevant conditions so those will still be looked at but it's not expected to have to change the landscaping scheme that you have before you Thank you. In light of no further uh, questions or queries, we have a recommendation for approval which has been seconded. All those in favour of approval, please show. All in favour. Fine, thank you very much. That matter is approved. The next item on our agenda is item 4.3, application 16-2669. It's an application for full planning consent in Great Dunmo and Mrs Denmark will make the presentation to us. Thank you. Thank you Chairman. This application relates to site um, known as Onga Road South in Great Dunmo. Um, the site has the benefit of planning permission for 99 dwellings, um, which was approved under reference 140127 FUL. Um, the um, planning permission had a range of conditions attached to it, and Included in that were conditions 21 and 26, which are the subjects of this application. Condition 21 um, required the highway works at the entrance... I'm missing my mouth this afternoon. Um, The highway works adjacent to the entrance of the site to be carried out before um, development commences on the site. And the applicant wishes to change this condition to um, before the first occupation of the development. And that is brought about because they wish to move the construction access um, from coming off of the roundabout um, uh, at Clapham Hall Lane um, Junction um, to further up on the Onga Road um, to the... Um, 
southern part of the site and that then ties in with condition 26 because roughly in this location oops, in this location is the um, location of the bridleway link which will go through this site and then ultimately connect up with Ongar Road North and with the Smith's Farm development when they come forward. And so condition 26 required the um, provision of the bridleway before um, occupation of the development. And so the, um, yeah, before the first occupation. So the developer now wants to change this to before the last occupation. Um, in terms of the varying condition 21 to um, provide the access prior to the first occupation, highways have no objections to this and um, and we concur, we think that makes sense um, so long as the development when it's constructed out does have proper access off of the main road then that will be acceptable likewise highways have no objection to the provision of the bridleway prior to the last occupation of the site however um, many of the objections relate to um, condition 26 and the fact that if the developer chose never to construct the last dwelling then there would be no need to provide the right away and um, and therefore we would then be missing a fundamental link in trying to repair what has been destroyed many years ago with the construction of the first A120 um, around Dunmo and um, there's been a lot of hard work going in to restore this footpath link so my proposal is to have some leeway with the developer um, and say yes okay prior to the last occupation or within two years whichever comes first so if in two years time they've only constructed three dwellings on this site they have to provide the bridal way if they finish all 99 dwellings within a year then they have to provide the bridal way before that last house is occupied so there's a double trigger point, so if, nothing's, if the development isn't completed within two years, they still have to provide that bridal way within two years, so we do ensure that we do get it, um, or if they finish it earlier, then they have to provide the bridal way earlier when, they complete, uh, when that last house is occupied. So the recommendation is, as set out in the agenda, and I can already see I'm going to get a question, um, but... Um, what I omitted in the recommendation, um, page four of the yellow sheets, um, we need the uh, section 106 on the original um, application transferred or transported onto this recommendation. So um, just to clarify that there is a requirement for section 106 in with the recommendation as well. So the section 106 requirements will be exactly the same as before, but it would just be transported to this consent if you grant it, um, because this will become the new planning permission for the site. Thank you, Mrs. Denmark. We have one speaker on the application, and that's Councillor Philip Milne from the Town Council. You've got three minutes, Councillor Milne. Thank you.
Thank you, Chairman, members. Greater Town Council has a, long, a strong objection to the developer's proposals to amend Condition 26 relating to the delay of a delivery of the bridleway on land, Onga, land south of Onga Road. This bridleway will form an important link to the Flitchway Country Park, which will benefit the wider area, not just Great Dunmo. The proposed amendments puts the whole project under threat of in infinite delay and even total abandonment. The Town Council has continually supported the untiring work of the Friends of Flitchway and the Flitchway Action Group. This support has been demonstrated reinforced by policies AC1, sorry, policies GA1 and GA2 of the Great Dunmo Neighbourhood Plan. In its justification for these policies, the plan reminds us that the linking of the Flitchway is a matter of long-standing community action and lobbying by residents. The town design statement, also produced by local people, identified a lack of connectivity of footpaths and bridleways. The Essex County Council's right-of-way improvement plan has identified a lack of continuous paths and a lack of bridleways. All this demonstrates the strong support for bridleways and the strength of local feeling for the connection of the Flitchway. The developers' concern that early completion would not be appropriate for the horses and their riders due to the active and noisy construction of the works is considered a weak reason to amend the condition. The bridleway will be used by more than just horse riders. As well as other human users, the bridleway will form a wildlife corridor and wildlife should be protected from the start. Great Dunmore has suffered in the past from planning conditions that have not been delivered as intended. We waited 20 years for the bypass. This development is deeply unpopular. The bridleway is one positive gain. Let's keep it. Uttersford District Council supported the early delivery of the bridleway by imposing con condition 26. The developer must not be allowed to put it under threat of non-delivery. There is no good reason why condition 26 should be changed. Thank you. Thank you, Councillor Milne. Um, Right, members, I'm, I'm going to kick off as one of the local members. Um, I hope that uh, uh, the Town Council realise that by um, inserting the trigger, that um, the additional trigger point of two years as a maximum time um, from start of construction actually guarantees that the bridleway will come in. Um, and, and backing behind that is the fact that until Smith's Farm is development is undertaken and has progressed, that end of the bridleway only goes to Clapton Hall Lane. It doesn't continue beyond to, to complete the link. And similarly to the north of Onga Road, until the bridleway through that development is, is ready, um, then this one, again, wouldn't go any further. So uh, there would be no use of it until it is linked into the other two developments, but it must it must go in, and the triggers the additional trigger that the officer has proposed actually does make that a certainty, and uh, I, I think there could be reassurance for you, um, members. Any other further comments, Councillor Freeman? Yes, thank you, Chairman. 
Um, experience has shown that any latitude given to developers is usually unwise. Um, for example, in my own town, there's a settlement of I don't know how many houses, uh, and um, on the completion of sale of the 50th, uh, the 50% dwelling, um, all sorts of wonderful things were supposed to be done. They have now sold all their dwellings, uh, and there's all sorts of. It, basically, it's still a building site. Um, and we've had to cancel some planning consents to that particular developer to encourage them to notice that we um, want their attention on this matter. Uh, I really think that giving latitude to developers is a very bad principle. I think two years would be generous. Um, we don't have to enforce the conditions, you see. If the rest of the um, prior way hasn't been completed, we can be selective about this, but I think the decision should be on the side of this council. Of course, we do represent the elected member, the, the electorate, and they have to put up with the non-completion of these issues. And the classic example, of course, is Woodlands Park and the road around Woodlands Park, uh, which was triggered by however many houses, uh, and they always managed to not quite produce that many houses. I really think that giving latitude is uh, a sign of weakness on our part. Uh, we've had a reputation in the past for being weak on enforcement. I know that's being repaired now, uh, but there's still a lot of repair work to do on that matter, and I think we should start that right now. I'm always reactive uh, to developers coming back with hard luck stories as to why they should change, why we should. Uh, relax the conditions that we've imposed upon them. No, this, uh, before Mr Brown comes in, uh, because he, um, I think you misunderstand the situation slightly, these two conditions that have been varied are linked. Um, the fact that the alternative construction access is proposed is so that there's no disturbance to the, or as minimal disturbance to the people who live in Clapton Hall Lane while the new site entrance is being constructed. There needs to be time to do that. Um, trying to compress it down into too, too short a time period would not help. Um, so by giving the contractor, who's had now the benefit of being able to have more time to examine his construction side plans, um, the ability to construct that in a timely manner um, by having the other alternative entrance. And that alternative entrance is far enough away from the the roundabout to be justified under highways grounds and that is coincides with where the bridleway comes out and that's the compound area hatched in uh, orange there where their works are set up and that the green lines are the build program and even if the the other sides if the uh, bridleway were a linked um, atmosphere uh, a situation the atmosphere at that point there could well be um, injurious to pedestrians and horses. However, that is not a likelihood that's going to come forward in my opinion. So giving them the latitude to A, construct the roundabout in a timely manner and B, making sure that they do complete the bridle way, we are copper bottoming the conditions. Thank you. Just, just yeah, to clarify Brown, the issue, you. there is a genuine practical need why this is happening. Um, the issues, and I'm not going to reopen the issue about the, the, the bypass issue in Dunmo, and Dunmo did suffer, and they suffered for a number of reasons. And one main reason, it was based upon a trigger of a developer that was developing houses at a very slow rate. Um, that's not the case here. This particular developer has been chewing at the bit for the last three or four years whilst he's been fielding legal challenges to his planning permission, so he's ready to go. And also, the, the, the bypass was finally delivered 
in exactly the same way as this. It was delivered by a planning permission being granted. We actually approved more houses, to be honest, with a permission. With actually, and, it, and to correct one thing the chairman said, it's from two years from when the development. No, it's not. It's two years from when this permission is reissued. Sorry. That would need to be done, and the clock starts ticking immediately. So it does not rely on the build rate. The build rate of the particular developer, it's likely to... We don't know how long that's going to be, but it's, it's at the worst case scenario, it will be two years from the date of the permission. doesn't rely on him starting, doesn't rely on him doing anything, although we will start. And that's how the bypass was achieved. So we're giving them latitude because of, there are clear practical reasons why we're doing this. And, and secondly, it actually has an end date of two years for the delivery of the actual bridleway. And as you know, under the new environment in terms of enforcement, that will happen. Thank you. Councillor Lachlan. Well, I, I tend to agree with uh, Councillor Ranger. I personally have given too much latitude to a particular developer, but that's probably because I'm married to him. But I, I, um, I, I really can't see... <laughs> what? <laughs> too much detail there, I think. You know, mine's... <laughs> <laughs> I can't see anything wrong with this. So. No, 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 I'm sure there's... Uh, so I will... Um, I'll go with Councillor Ranger on that. Councillor Mills. Uh, yes, um, I'm aware of the footpath conditions and the bridleway on either side of this, also linked through the sites. And basically, this bit's just irrelevant. It, it's it's going to come before the others anyway. So for that reason, I'd like to uh, recommend for approval. Thank you. Does that find a seconder? Councillor Hicks. Thank you. Lack of further comments coming forward, then we'll go straight to the vote on this. We have a proposal to approve the amended condition amended by the officers insertion of the uh, other trigger point and that's been seconded all those in favor of approval please show nine, nine in favor against abstentions one abstention Fine. That, that application is approved the next item on the agenda item 4.4 is application 16 Stroke 1997, it's an application for full planning consent in Saffron Walden, and Mr Theobald will make our presentation. Thank you. Thank you, Chair. Just a few housekeeping points arising from this morning's uh, members' site. Uh, visit. Uh, first of all, in paragraph 10 of the officer report, uh, it should read uh, all of the dwellings will be below the level of Farmding Grove, with the exception of dwelling for plot one, which would be approximately level with Farmding Grove, and that's to reflect where the access comes up from the bottom of, of the, uh, the, um, the site there onto Farmding Grove, which I tried to explain on the, uh, the section diagrams. Um, Councillor Mills raised an issue about uh, the bridge over South Road, whether it's listed or not. It's not. Uh, in terms of the clarification for any capping layer for remediation, which was also raised, uh, if that's required, if indeed the, the existing ground level is capped rather than uh, dug out, if that's found to be a requirement under remediation, and then put back to the same level, it's, it's 60 centimetres, so 600 millimetres, if a capping layer is required. Um, now, the uh, area for the site proposal includes the road frontage onto Farmding Grove, nearest to South Road. Chairman, can we have some pictures? 
Yes, I'm just doing the housekeeping right. Okay. Um, now, the area to the uh, nearest to the road, the application site plan identifies that edged in red, and then the, the site itself. And now, a certificate B was served on named persons, so therefore, for that section of Farmington Grove where the ownership is disputed, I understand it's got established uh, rights, uh, but nothing uh, formalised. Now, that's adequate for planning application registration purposes for the duration of consideration. Now, uh, we have since received a legal representation uh, regarding this matter from residents um, where they're claiming insufficient notice has been served. Uh, but so I would reiterate, as far as we are concerned, um, as officers, the red line is appropriate and the appropriate notice has been served. Uh, also, one other point on the allocated parking spaces for... What's happened there? In the hacked. <laughs> There's no mouse. I'll put on yes in that one. Right. Okay, we've gone back one. Where we yeah. Uh, parking spaces for Farmerdine Grove, which were um, for a new development uh, opposite the site approved, um, they will not be affected by this development because the, the mouth of the access point for the new development is to the, the left, as you can see, uh, from where the builder's yard extending down is. So I've looked at that on site and those spaces would be preserved and not affected by the access as it comes up onto Farmerdin Grove. Um, we just had another representation in this morning showing how uh, it's difficult to park in Farmerdin Grove at 8.30 in the morning uh, when kids are taken to school over the road to the primary school. Uh, evidenced by parking in front of the access point down into the site. Now, I would emphasise that's a pre-existing situation where, obviously, um, mums, dads want to park as close as they can to the site opposite the old line. Uh, inconvenience parking, now, of course, that would not be occurring if members were mindful to approve this scheme because, of course, they couldn't park there. So just to summarise, I won't go into detail, you saw the site this morning, but it's uh, for four dwellings and the, the scheme is to have um, a detailed consent granted for this development with the new access provision. These were the, the dwellings, traditional vernacular style, four and five bedroomed. Uh, and these are just uh, other issues regarding uh, finished floor levels which hopefully I did address this morning and that's one that you saw where the top site section plan is showing the, uh, the levels uh, looking back up the site from the bottom of Farmerdine Grove uh, and with plot 4 at the end of the site uh, which will be below Farmerdine Grove as I said moving back up uh, the, the third and second right to left are also below and the plot nearest to the access, as you can see on the immediate left, would be approximately level with the, uh, the Farmerdine Grove. So we've had no uh, consultation objections to this scheme. 
Highways have not made any objections as said at the meeting because of the private status of Farmerdin Grove and they can't comment beyond, uh, it would appear, the yellow lines, as you saw, extending about six metres into the site before the access point. A college, you have not raised any objections where there is not any uh, uh, species-rich habitat value on the site, uh, although that could be enhanced through some biodiversity scheme, uh, if uh, appropriate. And uh, health have... Uh, not raised any objections to this scheme subject to an appropriate remediation scheme to deal with any uh, historical contaminants which may exist on the site obviously by its historical use. So just to recap on the, uh, the summary of the report, Chairman, uh, this application is uh, recommended for approval where um, officers are saying this is a brownfield site suitable for development there would be no access issues arising and also that uh, um, remediation can be dealt with by an appropriate scheme. Thank you. <coughs> Thank you, Mr Theobald. Um, we have two speakers for this application. The first is Celia Bartlett. And you have two minutes, Mrs. Uh, sorry, three minutes, Mrs Bartlett. Farmerdean Grove is an unusual and unique road where residents support each other and pull together, particularly in occasions such as now. We are a community, proud of our neighbourhood and want the best for all of us who live here now and who may live here in the future. Over the years, we have had to contend with many planning issues in relation to the old railway land which runs adjacent to the road. Sadly, this application we are discussing now is, to date, the most threatening to our own community and indeed to the wider communities within Saffron Walden. We were disheartened to see that a planning application which was refused on four substantial points back in March was resubmitted as a new application and has now been recommended for approval. Nothing appears to have changed between then and now and the same hazards and issues still remain. We are therefore turning to you, the planning committee, as you are last hope to provide the protection both we and the greater community deserve and need from an ill-conceived planning application which will affect us all should approval be granted. We are strongly urging you to carefully consider your decision and recommend that you refuse this application. I mailed a document to you all yesterday and whilst I appreciate it was short notice, I do hope you've had a chance to read it. So why are we asking you for your protection? Farmerdean Grove is a private road and as such the highways make no comment when it comes to considering the proposed access from its application site onto Farmerdean Grove. Despite the fact that within 12 metres the generated traffic from the proposed four executive houses joins the public highway along with the existing traffic from Farmerdean Grove. Twice a day during turn time, South Road becomes critical with school traffic movements from two schools. Despite highways already recognising the danger of the junction and installing yellow lines in 2002, parents of school children still continue to take unbelievable chances in the entrance to Farmerdean Grove. This new proposed junction is in a position which is undeniably dangerous and will create additional hazards not only for the residents but for the children, parents and other road users of Saffron Walden. This is, with this in mind, uh, that, is, and in the, and it, that we request that in the absence of any support from highways, you as our elected councillors take the role on our behalf, determine the dangers for yourselves and make a judgment. As for the size and scale, 
Four pseudo-Georgian properties do not reflect the vernacular, and indeed many objectors, including the conservation officer, oppose the plans on these grounds. A precedent was set for a single one-and-a-half-storey property on a similar-sized adjacent plot a number of years ago. So these two-and-two-and-a-half-storey houses are way overscale and overdeveloped. In addition, the land height will be raised to cap the contamination known to be on the land, which was once the railway sidings and engine shed. This will make properties unnecessarily much higher, bringing with it issues of overlooking for the existing residents. The chosen materials do not reflect the heritage of the railway, and, the property, uh, and if any property has to be passed, then two, one or two of a much smaller scale and more sympathetic to the, the surroundings would be far more suitable. Thank you. Thank you, Mrs Bartlett. And now we have the applicant's agent, Don Proctor. And you two have three minutes, Mr Proctor. Thank you, Chair. Members, uh, as you know, I'm going to speak in support of the application briefly. Um, I see these as being very straightforward proposals, and the issues are very clear-cut, and I certainly don't agree with the allegation a few moments ago that these are ill-conceived. Um, this is a long, derelict and disused site. It's clearly brownfield in planning terms, and you will all know it's very familiar to other former railway land on Station Road, which has been developed for residential purposes in a similar fashion. You'll be aware of the strong presumption in national and local plan policy in support of bringing such sites back into productive use, as proposed here. This is a sustainable location in planning terms in the urban area, and with access to facilities, public transport, schools, etc., and the policy case in support of this application is very strong. Access is being proposed to and from the site to meet standards in full in terms of its geometry, its gradient, etc. There has been some debate about the historic use of this access, which you will be aware of, but this is largely irrelevant as the access is part of the application before you today for approval. The limited number of new vehicle movements will not need to travel along Farmerdown Grove as the access is at its extreme western end as you saw on your site visit. As you've heard, there are no highways objections to these proposals. Parking within the site meets standards in full and the applicants are prepared to allocate, say, two spaces close to the entry to provide for the new dwellings approved on the opposite side in the former builder's yard if this is considered necessary. We believe the houses proposed are to a high standard of design and materials. The submitted street scene and other drawings clearly show that they will not be overbearing on existing dwellings on Farmerdown Grove in view of the distances involved, the levels and boundary fencing and screening. A full ecology survey accompanies this application and there is no significant biodiversity interest in the site. Existing tree cover will be retained where possible and enhanced by additional planting. A contamination study has been prepared and some further work may be required should consent be forthcoming, as alluded to by Mr Theobald. The site is not an area of flood risk, there will be no material effect on air quality and there are no constraints at all to the immediate development of this site as proposed. In conclusion, this proposal will bring a long, derelict brownfield site back into a productive use and provide four family homes. These are not executive dwellings. 
and this will make a small but significant contribution to your housing supply and an important policy requirement, this will make best use of this site. So I therefore commend these proposals to you and trust you will feel able to approve them as recommended. Thank you very much. Thank you, Mr Proctor. Right, members, it's over to you. Question squares. Paul, uh, Councillor Fairhurst. Thank you, Mr Chairman. Just to have a point of clarity, what happened between the refusal um, in March and, and today? When I go through the items, they seem to apply to as much today as they did then. Um, and then you have a conservation officer who clearly rejects this on, on a range of, of, of grounds. I, I suspect that, that Councillor Hicks will support this, refuse this application because he's going to support the specialists. But could you just tell us what happened between then and now, just for, for, for clarity? Mr. Theobald will... Uh, yeah, I'll give it a uh, go. Um, the, as set out in my report, but there were, I think, four uh, uh, main reasons for refusal. Um, the first one was to do with the principle of development on this site, where the, the previous report made reference to uh, policy ENV4, I think it is, uh, to do with... Um, which is in the, the local plans adopted showing areas where there's high landscape or environmental value um, as notated on the plan. Now, uh, the, the, the section of the railway line nearest to Thaxted Road, where uh, I think it's Victoria Avenue, is one of these such green spaces which actually is linear to do with the railway line. But this particular bit in the middle, this sort of landlocked bit um, wasn't shown as being of that particular high amenity that, uh, quality. So because it, it isn't, um, I, as the author of this report, uh, effectively downgraded uh, the, that, that value of the site in terms of its retention and then balanced out the, uh, the need either to preserve this site um, as a green buffer or in the alternative to consider some appropriate uh, alternative use of the site, which would be, in this particular case, for housing, given its sustainable location. So that's one reason. On the access uh, side, and I know that this is being expressed by, by residents, um, there was no, it is a case there has been no traffic um, uh, impact study done on this, although maybe for four dwellings that's not considered to be necessary and reference was made to the fact that there could be vehicles turning in or turning out of the site on Farmding Grove uh, at pinch points during morning and afternoon when kids are being taken to and from school. But I can't see personally where if highways are not, and I appreciate they haven't objected in a sort of default sort of way, but um, given the fact that it's um, a slow-moving road, um, partly unmade, uh, unadopted with uh, straight uh, visibility. Um, I personally can't see how that could be uh, a traffic conflict which would be um, contrary to GEM 1. Sorry, Mr. Chairman, so nothing in fact has changed since then except an opinion. Uh, could I just add that the other parts to that is the application has been the, the EM3 uh, refusal reason based upon um, open space was an incorrect decision. Um, that was, the site is not an open space and the applicant in his submission is not a designated open space. So the applicant in terms of submitting the application has addressed that issue by simply stating that and that's, that's the case. 
The issue regarding EM1 in terms of the conservation, which is the other matter that was raised by the conservation officer, the site does it, it, only the very bottom corner of the site actually lies within the conservation area. And so, therefore, it, it, okay, it is an officer's view. It is two officers' view, to be honest, in terms of looking at it, in terms of the impact on the conservation area. There isn't an impact on the conservation area because it, it, is, it is away from the conservation area. The issue regarding the access and the issues regarding the car parking, the issue regarding the car parking has been addressed within this application in terms of provision of additional car parking. So, um, in terms of addressing refusal reasons, uh, the applicant, in terms of their submission, have addressed that simply by raising those issues and, and, and providing information that actually argues those refusal reasons away correctly in officers' view. Uh, but the issue regarding the access in terms of the parking has been addressed in terms of an amended proposal that's been submitted to us. So it's not exactly the same. It's obviously a very fine line. Um, my big, big point, of course, I'm afraid, is a question of access, because, because it's not a question of, of the Farmer Dean Grove itself, but the, the danger, the hazard of the corner. Um, and there will be a lot of, of, of pedestrian traffic, usually young kids from, from the nearby school, and that has got to increase, be increased by this, this process. So I'm inclined to uh, not support it. Thank you. Councillor Freeman. Yes, thank you, Chairman. <coughs> it's the dark art of finding reasons why you can or cannot approve an application. So we've got four reasons which were issued on the 24th of March 2016, uh, which have all been blown away later in the same year. And as far as I'm aware, not a great deal has changed in planning law in that time. Um, so it is, doesn't inspire me with confidence as to the reasons for either approving or refusing consent. Um, if you can consider the case um, six months later and come to a different conclusion. But anyway, set that to one side. What has changed uh, in this? First of all, it's a brownfield site, and I'm fully in favour of developing brownfield sites. It's a, a good thing to do. And a lot of this site has been developed. The railway station has been developed and the sidings there. Um, so that, that's all good. Um, what has changed is the slab levels in the sense that the original application was pretty much using the land uh, at its um, the height at which you find it now. Uh, this application has taken a much more um, complete approach to it uh, and they're actually raising the houses up uh, and in fact you can see that from the sketch at the bottom. Now that would improve the quality of the houses that make them much more attractive. Uh, of course, one of my concerns was they would be so far down the hollow, it's a bit like building four houses in a quarry. Um, they would never see the light of day. Uh, they'd be completely shielded from uh, the sun by the trees along the Farmerdean Grove. Uh, and the developer has addressed this quite well. Uh, by they would be putting possibly hundreds of cubic meters of land into there, but there we are. That, that's their affair. But then it starts to bring these properties into the view of Farmer Dean Grove, whereas previously all you would see would be the ridge. And the conservation officers point that the top, uh, the ridge heights of these buildings would be actually higher than the bridge is, I think, a material one. That still stands. In fact, it stands even more now. Of course, there's several hundred cubic metres of soil going in. Uh, but I think the real thing to me, if we can have a picture of the road again, please. Um, uh, yeah, that's... That's not the best one, but um, you might have another. I don't know, but anyway, uh, that's good. That's good. Just over that bridge, Humperty Back Bridge, um, on the right-hand side, there is a school. 
uh, and it's a bedlam there when people are delivering their children to the it's a, it's a infant or primary school. And further up the road, sort of out this way, um, there's another one. Uh, and so the traffic is fairly difficult. And I don't think that access into an out of Farmerdean Grove and then having to take a further left to get down into these new houses uh, will be uh, a particularly easy manoeuvre to take. And also that Humperley Back Bridge uh, is pretty much blind, actually. Um, when you come over the bridge, you have no visibility of what's on the other side of it until you actually get down to this side of it. Uh, and that is a fact. You know, I'm sorry, I'm a driver. I'm not a road traffic officer. Uh, I'm not a road engineer, but I do know how to drive a car. I do know how to ride a bicycle, and that is blind when you come over the bridge. Uh, I say that as a road user. So I'm rather opposed to this application, although I'm fully a, in, in favour of using brownfield land. Uh, I'm not sure that this particular piece of brownfield land is particularly good for this purpose. Councillor Mills. <coughs> Thank you, Chairman. Um, it's a brownfield site in a city centre. Um, we've got to expect to be able to infill these, given certain conditions. And uh, if the application meets the requirement of density, if the heights are reduced uh, to not being overbearing, and it's recommended for approval, um, I'm not happy about the road layout. I just find it it's a pity that they can't make it work coming off of Haldine Road, but uh, it obviously adds a lot of cost to the development and it will obviously ramp down. But having said that, at least it works. We're not going to get that many vehicle movements. So for that reason, I would be, uh, I would be looking to approve this application. Is that a formal uh, proposal? Uh, I'm willing to approve it, yes. So to uh, propose it, sorry. Thank you. Does that find a seconder? Councillor Chambers, thank you. Would you wish to speak at this time? Thank you. Councillor Hicks, did you wish to speak? You were going to second it, if you could have done. No, I was quite happy to second. Uh, Chairman, I, I think it's a fairly straightforward um, use of a, a piece of derelict brownfield land, and it should be developed, and uh, simple as that. I, uh, Councillor Lodge. Thank you, Mr Chairman. I, th I think... I would accept the principle of development in here, Brownfield site, that um, an appropriate level of development. Um, again, I think I said something earlier, this isn't quite the appropriate development. I was surprised that they do want to bring in not hundreds or thousands of metres, it's like a million metres of uh, um, ex extra soil in there to raise it up, to make, to make the, the overall view detrimental. Um, I, 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 I would feel inclined to approve this with, with a, a, a smaller number and, and set back down toward, towards the current level. I, th I think, they think this really represents overdevelopment uh, with, with that difficult access. So I would like to see a scheme here, but not this one. Fine, thank you. Um, my view, if no one else wanted to comment. Um, I don't think the ridge heights in relation to the bridge parapet are really... Uh, anything of any concern because the, the, the nearest one is quite distant from, from the bridge so it doesn't so I don't think that's a consideration um, if coming out of Farmer's Iron Drive onto South Street every car faces the same risk so you know, 
it doesn't matter how many cars come out of there, they're not all coming out once, so every time a car tries to come out of there, it's the same risk. The same risk is there every time. And if I were a car driver coming the other way, I would drive slowly over that bridge if I couldn't see what was the other side. So um, I think that's uh, a spurious uh, question. Right, we have a, a proposal for approval. Bishop in seconded. All those in favour, please show. Seven in favour. Thank you. And those against? Three against. That uh, application is approved. The next item on the agenda, item 4.5, is application 16 stroke 2149. It's application for full planning consent in Felsted, and Mr Mills will make the presentation for us. Thank you. Thank you, Chairman. The site is located off Chelmsford Road to the south of Hartford End. Until recently, it accommodated a number of industrial buildings associated with former brewery use. The proposed development is a revision of a 22-dwelling scheme which was approved in May this year. Work has already commenced. The main differences with the current proposal are a reduction in the number of flats, that's in the southern southeastern corner here. Uh, that's from nine down to eight. Uh, and the replacement of a dwelling in the centre of the site with two dwellings. So that's in this area here, plots 14 and 23. The overall number of units would be the same. That's 22. These are the elevations for the two new dwellings, replacing the one. Um, which are consistent with the traditional design approach used across the site. Members may recall that for viability reasons, the council accepted a reduced financial contribution towards affordable housing provision in relation to the approved scheme. The figure of around £222,000 was calculated using an independent consultant. The current application has been subject to a similar process, which has concluded that a further contribution of £40,000 should be paid. This would be secured with a Section 106 agreement. That's on the basis of the amendments to the scheme. For the reasons set out in my report, it is recommended that planning permission be granted. I would, however, recommend one change to the conditions listed at the end of the report. Condition 2, which requests details of materials, should be omitted in my recommendation because sufficient information has actually been provided on the submitted drawings. That was simply an annotation that I didn't see the first time round when looking through the drawings. So it's considered there's sufficient information there. So that would be condition two would be omitted. Okay. Thank you, Mr Mills. I noticed before we go into the discussion, members, we have no speakers. Um, monitoring costs are not included in the 106. So that needs to be added in. Yep. Thank you. Any comments, members? Councillor Freeman? 
Yeah, I'm informed, I'm trying to find it in the report, but um, one of the representations says that they've come off the wish or the, the um, agreement offer to use um, biomass heating and they're now using LPG, liquefied gas. Um, do you have a reason for that, please? Have they shared a reason with you? Um, firstly, I believe that's correct. Yes, they have changed the, the fuel source. Um, the reasons were in the statement submitted with the application, but it's not deemed a, a sufficient reason. You know, that's not something that we required, the biomass heating. I mean, you'd clearly see that that would be a good thing that they'd be using that source of heating. Uh, that was entirely the applicant's choice with the first application. Uh, they've now chosen not to go that way. So, no, that's not really anything that we've given any consideration to specifically. No, but nevertheless, it's important as an aside because as soon as people say anything, it's green, greenwash, and everybody rolls over and says, it's absolutely wonderful, we really should support that. And then here's an example where they come back and say, actually, we're not going to do that. Uh, we're going to use liquefied gas instead. Now, it's, a, it's a shame on two levels. It's a shame because if you use, well, biomass means wood chips, actually. If you use wood chips, you get a thing called a renewable heat incentive. And actually, people pay you, the government pays you for heating your dwellings, uh, which is a very good thing, broadly speaking, zero carbon. Um, and Stansted Airport has a two megawatt boiler run off wood chips, and they're absolutely delighted with it. Of course, they get about half a million pounds worth of renewable heat incentive every year. It's a great thing. So it's a lost opportunity, is what I'm saying. Uh, I, I take it, I accept that it's not something we can argue about, but it is an example of a developer putting forward um, uh, something which is attractive and then snatching it away a few months later. I think that's a shame. Uh, Sorry, could I just make a point on that? Just to be clear, the original application, um, the use of biomass heating did not figure as a reason for approval of that scheme. I just wanted to clarify that. Fine, that, that was the observation. Part of the overall plan. Yeah. That's the observation I would have made is that... Um, the question one will ask oneself is would we have refused the previous application if it had come forward with uh, LPG rather than uh, would you? Councillor Lachlan. Thank you. Um, well, I only have one concern. Uh, I know there's a reduction in the number of flats from nine to eight, but we're losing a bungalow. And we're very short of bungalows. So, uh, you know, can you tell me why we are allowing that? Because we're, you know, we're always fighting to get bungalows, and then on this we're taking away. So, okay, that's fine. You can put up two houses in its place. So, if you could explain that, please. Um, okay. So the requirement is for one bungalow. On the policy requirement is for one bungalow on this scheme. So that is already here. This is plot 18 here. That's a bungalow. So it already. It, keeps one bungalow. The original application actually had two. So it had an over-provision in the original scheme. Right, no, I'm just, I, I just don't like that. You know, we've got two semi-detached houses and losing a bungalow. So obviously that's to make money, and I understand that, but uh, I think it's a shame that we're losing a bungalow. Councillor Lodge. <coughs> Can I say I'm 
thrilled and, and surprised that we, we have an extra contribution to affordable housing. I have, a, I have a question, a bit of a comment, which is not quite relevant, but I think it's appropriate to bring it up. I did make, as, as it was such an interesting application a while ago, I made a point of driving past it the other day, and it was my recollection that, that the bulk of the original brewery building was, was to be kept and converted. There seemed to be a remarkable the, the amount of it pulled down, and Only almost nothing left. Hmm? Only the facade, if I recall. So, but I, did we? I, it, it's, it looked as though they weren't complying with what we approved. But I'm, I asked the question and well, I'm ready uh, to be corrected. Mr. Brown has made a note of that, I'm sure, and the enforcement officer will be down here at 9:30 in the morning. <laughs> well, not that early then. All right. <laughs> He'll have his tea first, right? <laughs> yeah, oh, it's just to clarify. So, um, yeah. What you're talking about here, so I'll just indicate it here on the on this slide. Um, this building here, this is a new building in place of the original brewery building. Um, you quite rightly recall that it was stated in the original application that the facade of this stretch here would all be retained, just the facade, not the whole building. Um, and then what has actually happened now? However, this wasn't on the approved drawings. This was in the statement that they'd submitted with the application that they intended to retain that facade. Um, what you would have seen on site is actually, sorry, the mouse keeps disappearing. Here we are. Um, is actually just this corner here is what's been retained. The rest has been demolished. It was always going to be quite a risky thing for them to try to achieve with keeping the facade, just the one wall there of such an old building from the 1860s. Um, it's worth pointing out it's not actually a listed building or anything, although it has a lot of heritage value. And what's to replace what has been lost is of a very similar design using high quality materials, or in my opinion, high quality materials um, that are designed to reflect the original brewery building. So there has not in fact been a breach of the planning permission in demolishing what they have done um, and what I'm saying is that actually the, the end result would be what was set out to be achieved with the original application. Councillor Freeman. Yes, thank you. Um, that again gives me no confidence in our process. Uh, we have in the middle of Stansted something which looks a little bit like a Maltings. It's actually a brand new building. Um, uh, can we be relevant to... Well, it, it is, sorry, Chairman, it's totally relevant. This is a brewery. I used to be a brewer once upon a time. Uh, and it was quite nice. I, 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 it is relevant because I know a brewery when I see one. With, with a fake brewery doesn't do it. <laughs> with, res with respect, it's um, clear that, from what the officers have told us, that there has been no breach of planning and any other site in the district is irrelevant to this one we are discussing. So we'll focus, folks, please, if we may. Um, if I may then, Chairman, in that case, uh, may I suggest that we should write um, the conditions a little more tightly uh, to avoid this sort of uh, modification later on? Because basically we were presented with an attractive uh, application which has been eroded, and I'm being told that actually it's been eroded because we have no means of stopping that happening. And I don't think that's good. It's not what we were put here for. Thank you. Right. Um, from the Chair, I'm going to propose that uh, the officer's recommendation is accepted. Does that find a seconder? 
Councillor Chambers, thank you. With the absence of no other comments, we'll go to the vote. All those in favour, please show. Six in favour. No. Thank you. Sorry. And against? Two. Two against. Abstentions? One abstention. And I think there must have been seven in favour then. That application is approved. Thank you. Next item on the agenda, 4.6, is application 162654. It's an application for full planning consent in Henham. And Mrs Denmark will make our presentation. Thank you. Thank you, Chair. This application relates to a barn in um, Parsonage Berry Farm in Henham. Um, the application is only before you because the um, applicant is a relative of uh, a member of the, uh, an employee of the council. Um, the proposal relates to the change of use of a small barn to a dwelling. Um, the building would have um, some private amenity space and two parking spaces which is more than it needs because this is the existing barn and this is the works that will be carried out to the barn and it would be a one bedroom, bung, uh, a one bedroom um, dwelling and the recommendation is that the application be approved in accordance with the recommendation in the report. Thank you very much, Mrs. Denmark. Any comments or questions, councillors? Oh, oh, okay. oh, fine. <laughs> let's, let's, we've got an. Yes, yes, sir, you should see. But first, we have a proposal for approval by Councillor Chambers, seconded by Councillor Riles. Do either of you two wish to speak at this time? No, thank you. Do you? Yes, Councillor Lachlan, you wanted to say something. I've lost the will to live now. <laughs> yeah, I, well, I, there's only one concern. Well, in fact, it's several. Because it's outside development limits, there's a conservation area, there's a tree preservation order, it's an archaeological site, and it's contaminated. And yet... Prime candidate for <laughs> development, then. <laughs> <laughs> and yet... And, and yet well, I could find lots for that. And also, I do notice that the conservation area officer hasn't been... Uh, well, it's not down here. She hasn't been consulted. And I wanted to know why. Uh, the conservation officer probably was consulted, but has chosen not to respond. Um, so, anyway. But the issue is, it's a barn in the countryside where the MPPF has a policy presumption in favour of the reuse of rural buildings that are structurally sound. So um, we have a policy in the local plan that supports the reuse of rural buildings and it ensures the reuse of this building. Uh, there are some photos of it. It's a nice red brick building um, and it sort of adds to the character of the area. You can see there um, what I assume is a listed cottage because it's thatched. Um, and so the, it is um, retaining a feature within the farmyard and policy H6 supports the reuse of rural buildings and policy uh, and the MPPF also um, supports the reuse of rural buildings. So on that basis, you know, there's policy support for it. 
There is a condition um, relating to contamination, I believe. Um, I'm not going to help find them on the wrong application. Um, yes, so... Um, no, there's not. If you want one, that's yes, please. That's why I brought it up. There's no, there's no condition. Okay, but, uh, you so know, you want a these. condition if contamination? I mean, they're not doing anything to the build, um, to the ground. So there's not. So they're digging. They are reusing, reusing an existing building. So you know, the, the risk of contamination is going to be low, and it's not. No, the risk of disturbing it is going to be very, very low. So it's okay unless someone goes out and plants their pansies and gets killed by methane. I mean, you know, you've got to put a contamination uh, okay, condition so on that. The, in the event of, um, in the event of, yes, planting. It's been a long day. This, I think in, in, in Councillor Lockland's uh, defence, I think that is a fair comment. It's a yes, by, thank by, you. By it is a fair comment. A so I'm not having a go. Because <laughs> it's not Karen's case. It's a disused agricultural building. By definition of that, agricultural house fertilisers, you don't need to go any further than that, to be honest. And so, therefore, and it's a precautionary approach, and you can't actually comply with the contamination condition until you actually start work. So, therefore, but so I would I like it there, so just for safety's sake, to cover uh, to cover this committee more than anything. Thank you. Thank you. Councillor Fairhurst. Right, Mr Chairman, just on that same point though, why wasn't the conservation officer's report required for this? What structure is reason? I think there is an issue. The conservation officer would only comment if they have a comment to make. They would have been, yeah, they would have been aware of it. They would have been, a, she is, yeah, but they, she would have been aware of it. But that, I should also note this is, this is an application in a conservation area. It's not an actual listed building. Had it been listed building, the conservation officers would have been hunted out and sought out. But in terms of the conservation officer, it's, it's a building of, and as Karen's told you, the policy context to it, it is a building worthy of, it is actually a building worthy of retention anyway, although it doesn't necessarily have to fulfil that requirement either. Uh, but, uh, so Fine. Okay, we have... Uh Proposal for acceptance, which has been seconded. All those in favour, please show. Sorry, providing that condition is on there, then oh, I... Oh, yes, of yes. course. Sorry, beg your pardon, with the uh, contamination condition added. All in favour. Fine, thank you very much. That application is approved. Next item on the agenda, item 4.7, is application 16-1881. It's an application for full planning consent in Great Canfield, and Mr Mills will make our presentation. Thank you. Um, first, just a couple of points. Um, you should see in the yellow supplementary documents that you've all received um, that there's been an updated response from Stamford Airport on this application. Um, also, I'd just like to draw your attention to it. Well, I think it's drawn, attention is drawn to it in that as well. There was just a slight formatting error uh, between drafting of the report and its publication. And so I think it just mentions a couple of words that need to be removed or something, but it's nothing major, just a drafting error. The site is located off Bullocks Lane in the hamlet of Hope End Green near Takeley. It comprises part of a farm complex containing redundant agricultural buildings. The proposal is to demolish the existing buildings and to erect replacements, which would accommodate various uses, including holiday lets, they would be in the southwest corner, 
um, a cafe and delicatessen in this building here, and a cookery school and office in this building. The proposed designs are utilitarian in style to reflect the rural character of the area. These are the elevations for the holiday lets in the southwest corner of the site. This is the cookery school building in the northeast corner. And this is the cafe and deli building just to the south of the cookery school. For the reasons set out in my report, it is recommended that planning permission be granted. Thank you, Mr Mills. Again, we have no speakers on this application, so members, I'll invite you to comment or question the officers. Councillor Fairhurst. I think it looks a great use of, of, of derelict properties, and I would be minded to, to support this. Is that a formal proposal? Thank you. Does that find a second? Councillor Freeman, thank you very much. Any other councillors wish to speak, comment? No? Nope. Fine, then we'll go straight to the vote on that. We have... Proposal for approval, which has been seconded. All those in favour, please show. It's all in favour. Fine, thank you. That application is approved. And the next item on the agenda, item 4.8, is application 16-2429 for full planning consent in Dunmo. And Mrs Denmark will make our presentation. Thank you. This is um, an application relating to Dunmo Farm um, and the area outlined here is uh, the farm holding and the proposal relates to the erection of a grain store which would look like that. It's an agricultural building on an agricultural facility and it's recommended for approval. Thank you Councillor Chambers. Fine. Does that find a seconder? Councillor Fairhurst will second that. Thank you very much. Does any member wish to say anything? No. Thank you. All those in favour, please show. It's all in favour. Fine. That application is also approved. Next item on the agenda, item 4.9, application 16-2432. It's a householder application for full planning consent. It's in Farnham, and Philip Bentley will make the application presentation. I, him, I did tell him. He thought he was. He says, I've got to go home at quarter past six. He hasn't gone home. He's gone back upstairs. I said, they'll be well on track by about half five by the time he come down. And uh, so he's on his way down. There he is. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> Right, Philip, you're on. They underestimated it. I knew that would be ten minutes to come out, The, the proposal is for uh, demolition of a detached workshop and the erection of a two-storey side and single-storey rear extensions. This is the, uh, the site located here along um, Frimley Lane, just off um, Rectory Lane. Um, it's to the site to the north of Frimley Lane um, and it comprises a semi-detached uh, property with a... Um, with a detached workshop surrounded by countryside and other um, other dwelling houses, 
There are some nearby similar properties, um, including um, notably the, um, the attached, um, semi-detached property here, um, which, has a, which has a side extension, um, and there are other properties with similar types of extensions nearby. Um, the site is out, located outside development limits, um, and there are two um, Grade 2 listed buildings nearby, just to the south, at um, Thrimley House and the, the Dovecot, which is a, attached to that. Um, this is the, um, the proposed site plan. So you can see up here in uh, the dashed red line, that's the footprint of the um, workshop, which will be demolished. Um, you can see the, footprints of, the footprint of the extensions here, um, which, is, which is darker. Um, you can see that it'll be, the extension will be well set back from the front of the existing house. Um, you can also see the neighbours, um, so number five Frimley Lane, um, which is um, to the east, and you can see t um, number seven and eight Frimley Lane, which are to the west. Um, the, the site is located far enough away from number seven and eight and that, it, that there would be um, no adverse, uh, undue adverse impact. There would be some impact on number five Frimley Lane but that would be, this would be minimal because of um, the existing screening along the boundary um, the si and the single storey designed the rear extension with, with the uh, pitched roof. This is the, um, the front elevations. Um, the existing and the proposed, you can see the, the two-storey side extension there. These are the existing and proposed um, rear elevations and side elevations. You can, see, um, you can see on the side elevation, this shows you the um, setback from the front wall and also the set down from, from the ridge. And you can see on the rear the Juliet balcony, which um, which we consider uh, wouldn't have any additional um, overlooking over and above the existing rear windows because of the, because of the fact with a Juliet balcony you can't step out. You, it, it has a sort of the same function as as, a, as, as any other type of window really. Um, these are the, the floor plans. Those are the ground floor plans and the and the, the first floor plans. These are the photos. This shows you the front of the the front of the property. This then shows you the side. This photo here is the is the rear, and you can see there the rear of the um, the detached um, workshop. This um, photo shows you um, the rear window um, here, which which serves the kitchen of number five Thrimley Lane. Um, that's the one that we were referring to earlier in terms of in terms of um, the the impact that would be caused by the single store extension, which would which would come which would come along here. Um, this this here shows numbers seven and eight um, Frimley Lane, which are off the side of the property and, and, and the other side of the public footpath. And this this here shows the shows the um, public footpath. Um, so in, in, in summary, we, we think that the, the application um, is acceptable in terms of its, its design, um, in terms of its impact on, on neighbouring properties, um, in terms of the impact on, um, on listed buildings and, and, and wildlife and, and car parking also. Um, and it's, it's recommended for approval subject to the conditions that are listed in the report.
Thank you, Mr. Bentley. And we have one speaker on this application, and that's Mr. Baslington. Do you have three minutes, Mr. Baslington? Just before I start, I'd like to say that um, I'm speaking on behalf of my neighbours at number five, seven, and eight, uh, who are the most affected by this development. We as neighbours are not opposed to any extension on this site, but we are opposed to the existing plans which believe significantly impact on us in a negative way. We would rather see a development that could be agreed on which would not disadvantage us as neighbours as this one does. A number of properties in the same part of Thrimley Lane have been extended. Three have two-storey extensions and in each case have followed the existing light roof line layout in the plan. A similar approach would be acceptable to us. Uttlesford's own policy on extensions, H8, states, in relation to extensions, this means only allowing those that have been designed to take into account the application site, neighbours, and the character of the area, and there may be ways of building your extension which does not cause harm to your neighbours. On the same page, it states, extensions will be permitted if all the following criteria apply. A, their scale respect those of the original building. B, there would be no material overlooking or overshadowing of nearby properties. Development would not have an overbearing effect on neighbouring properties. We would argue the application fails on all three counts. The scale does not respect the original building in that it more than doubles the size of the house. That there is substantial overlooking of number eight, an overshadowing of both number five and number nine, and that these factors would have an overbearing effect on our neighbouring properties. In the case of number five, the brick-built store extension we're talking about would significantly reduce the light in the kitchen, contrary to the assertion in para nine of the committee officer's report that its impact on daylight and outlook would be minimal. The report itself admits that it would fail the daylight assessment criteria set out in the home extensions SPD. My neighbour at number five is very upset by the statement that this would not be unduly harmful. She totally disagrees. Page 6 of H8 states, overlooking, you should carefully position any windows to avoid directly looking into your neighbour's rooms or overlooking the garden in such a way as you have a direct view of their main sitting out area or patio. This proposal directly flouts that in that it would have a direct view into the main patio of my house number 8 and two rooms. At the moment we have a patio that is not overlooked. We were disappointed you didn't come this morning and visit our houses. We were waiting for you to come, but apparently the visit was so quick you were gone before we could speak to you because we would have taken you in to show you the effect uh, of overlooking the patio and the overshadowing that would go on. The report has statements such as would be generally acceptable and an acceptable impact on the amenity values of neighbouring residents, not to us. To reiterate, we are not opposed to any extension, but we would ask you to reject this application so that an alternative proposal, acceptable to all, can be put forward. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Baslington. All right, members, it's over to you. Come, Mr. Councillor Lachlan. Thank you. Yeah, well, I did say this morning that there were people that wanted to come along and uh, look, but we were on, in the wrong place, I believe, because I did say that the people that were there would be further along. Um, but anyway, that's, that's happened now. Um, yeah, I did have some concerns, which is one of the reasons that I, I called it in without prejudice in myself. Um, when we, uh, we've had something, we've had supplementary benefit. Could, before I go on, could you please tell me the height of that fence? The fence will, will, is about 1.8 metres. And what is the height of the extension? The height of the extension is 
is it? It's up to 3.5 at the top of the top of the pitch, but it, it comes. It comes. So how many meters are you saying that is? Sorry. <coughs> up to 3.5. 3.5. So quite quite high, down. quite a lot higher than that fence. Because when I said this morning, you know, you can't move an extension, but you can move a fence. Uh, I mean, if the guy, whoever lives there, wants to move, take that fence down and put chain link or whatever there is. And I mean, I know this from uh, experience because it happened to my mother. They built an extension, took the fence down, and my mother was left looking at, uh, you know, the extension, if you like, breeze blocks, painted. Uh, so I do know that that has an effect. And, and also, you also say, although the single-storey rear extension would fail the daylight assessment criteria set out in the Home Extensions SPD, it is considered that this would not be unduly harmful in relation to the nearest ground floor rear window of number 5 Frimley Lane. This is because the proposed rear extension is only single-storey. So a single-storey would fail, but further down you're saying, well, it's only single-storey, so it either fails or it doesn't fail. So that, that paragraph really doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, so so I, am, I am concerned about the loss of light and, and I, I'm not in any way uh, you know, a sort of wilting violet of a woman but I spend quite a lot of time in my kitchen and I know that light is very important to me. And a lot of um, my next door neighbours have built a conservatory so we now have a fence and a conservatory with opaque glass and it does overshadow my patio so I do understand that concern as well we have lost a lot of light until the sun rises higher we don't get any sun in the morning at all because of the way it falls um, and the other thing is the Juliet balcony if you have a window and you can't look at, you don't need the balcony why is it there because it just leads to somebody opening that window and leaning out because they know they're not going to fall uh, so you know you don't have balconies if you're not going to use them uh, and if it's only if it's decorative then you know I mean what purpose is it there a balcony is a balcony whether you can step out on it or not I'm sorry but that's that is you know that's quite something when people are overlooking you and they open in their windows and there's a balcony there and you, you won't fall because you're leaning over it and you can actually see into, into the next door's garden or wherever so that, that, they are my main concerns and, um, and I do think that the neighbours uh, do have uh, a reasonable uh, grounds for this I, I mean they have said they don't mind the extension so I think uh, that this could be taken away and a much better um, extension uh, come before us again. Thank you. Um, while that plan is up there, um, Mr. Bentley, could you identify which property is number eight, please? I understand the one to the the half of one that's shown bottom left is number seven. Is the one ab above that to the right? Is that number eight? Because I think Mr. Baslington mentioned number nine. In which, where is number nine? Because I think you mentioned number nine, number which conf. No, but I think you mentioned number nine in your. Yes, well, that's okay. That, that's fine if that's a mistake. So it's seven and eight are those two there. Fine. Thank you. In, in, in respect, oh, sorry, I'm give my opinion. Um, in respect of the overshadowing for eight. Uh, the roof line of the extension 
is set lower than the ridge line of the original building, um, were the policy to extend the existing roof line to be impl implied or in, in place, there would be uh, a case for saying overshadowing could take place if that is their front patio um, or is that is their patio. Um, so uh, I'm not sure that that concerns me over much um, in terms of that double-sided extension because the roof line is, is set back and is set lower. Uh, any other comments? Councillor Mills. <coughs> Can we just see a side elevation of the new extension? Side elevation of the new extension? Yeah. Is there any windows overlooking that one? No. 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 Okay. So I also take uh, Councillor Granger's point that basically if you let window, by pushing it that far back, the overlooking issue is minimised and is actually outside Would, the side. Yeah. The overshadowing is, is not a dominant factor, I don't so think. And hang on, hang on, right, we, we have to just get back into formal sort of mode. I appreciate your comment there. Um, I'll, I will let a member query that with uh, the officer because that's the way we should be doing it. It's Councillor Lachlan. Sorry, I believe it to be wrong. Could you please explain? Uh, uh, can you please explain that? Why you've come? Why you think it's there? And we have been told that it isn't. I've been told the members went to ask, so I will ask the same question that yep. Mr. Baslington. So we need to look at the proposal plan to make sure that that is relevant to the the roof plan we're looking at there. So could you show us the proposed ground floor plan, please? Right, and the proposed first floor. The room above the garage is in line with the room, the garage below. There is no set back there, and the extension comes halfway down the body of the existing garage where we saw on the site this morning when we, we, we looked at that. Um, so, what's wrong then, Councillor Lachlan? I don't know, that's why I asked. Yes, uh, Mrs. Denmark, please. Sorry, just to come back, the, no. um, the next door neighbour seems to think it's wrong and he lives there, so he would obviously no. know more than me. That's why I'm asking on his behalf. Can I just, can I just raise, members have been there. So members have mm. been to the site and seen the relationship with the houses. So we've accepted that the plan is probably wrong, but members are considering their proposal on what they saw this morning. And so, so I mean, so it, that, yeah, so that is wrong. But now Karen will now explain, if, if the chairman will allow, just the, the situation here. The degree line, and I can only go by what's been done on here previously. You measure it from there. And that line has to go through the centre of the window. This line coming down at 45 degrees would only touch the end, the bottom end 
of the window. So on the elevation, it wouldn't breach it. You can go to the floor plan. Uh, Right. Yeah. When you do it on the floor, you're talking about the effect on number to five, aren't you? This on yes. this one. Yeah. 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 It does breach the 45 degree line because the centre of the window is in the middle of that. But to cause significant adverse loss of light and overshadowing, it's got to breach both. It only breaches one. So it doesn't cause significant loss of amenity because it only breaches one and not both. Right. So that, that clarifies the situation in respect of the kitchen of number five. Yeah. But now we're, so we now take our concerns to the overshadowing aspect against number eight. Let's look at the overshadowing of number eight. No, so we, we, we are, hang on a moment, yeah. we will develop this. So we're content, are we that being a lower roof line than would be there if we, we adopted the principle of extending the existing ridge line, as has been done before, with a lesser case. So now if we look at the overlooking aspect of the window in the first floor of the rear of the extension, I've never been to the site, right, so okay. I can't comment on that because well, I don't know the Philip relationship has. between Philip the buildings, and I'm not prepared to. No, no, okay. You Philip, know, Philip has. But I can explain the 45 degrees. Yeah, that's fine. I'm happy with that. Had this been a dwelling and not a garage, we would be looking at the 25 degree rule between here, uh, sorry, between this and any windows in this elevation. Yeah, sure. But there is no, no. other calculation no, no, no. to do in relation to that. Philip, could you please, for the benefit, <laughs> we have a window in here. Yeah, yeah. Right. that's right. What is the overlooking situation regarding that window is against this property's amenity here. Now, I'm not sure that that's a main patio area. Is that their boundary? That is. That's, that's a, but it, I mean, you're having to, you'd have to crane, you'd have to lean out, of, lean out and crane sideways to have a, an overlooking relationship. The, the, sort of, the direct overlooking there is into their own into their own garden. You're having to look off to the side, and it's, it's becoming quite a long a long distance that you're looking to. Um, so, yeah, from from our point of view as officers, I think we're not especially concerned about that because it's not it's not very different from a normal um, rear window in a in a in a residential property. <laughs> Sorry, um, the. The overlooking is, is directly out to the rear of, of, the, of um, number six. It's not, it's not a situation where they've proposed a, a window in the side elevation. You're looking directly into a, into a neighbouring garden. The, any um, overlooking from, from that Juliet balcony would be, um, would be oblique. It wouldn't be, it wouldn't be direct. For it to be direct, you'd have to, you'd have to lean out and twist to the side to look down into, the, um, into this... Um, garden area here 
and so it wouldn't it wouldn't be classed as, as direct overlooking and that's what we're that's what we're primarily concerned about when we're looking at new windows and the relationship between new windows and neighboring properties I would just throw the suggestion in that if we extended number six laterally and didn't go backwards there would be a window on the line of the existing back wall but in the extension which would have the ability to look into that area anyway but yeah and that would be following the dictat of the policy that says if the ridge line goes through then it's okay but by pushing it further back we, we have lessened the, the opportunity Councillor Freeman I've built balconies and things on my own house in the middle of the town. And, um, well, in Sweden. The point, is, the point is, that is actually a Juliet, which everybody has so far missed, is that a Juliet is a window that goes down to the floor. And the biggest risk actually comes from people looking into it from outside rather than looking out from it. You can actually see people in the room much more clearly than you can with a normal window. Um, but can I suggest, Chairman, a condition that that Juliet balcony remains only for the use of Romeo and Juliet. In other words, it doesn't suddenly turn into a balcony onto which you can step, because that would constitute overlooking, and it's the sort of thing that slips in very easily. So a proper Juliet balcony, condition not a real one, would resolve this issue, I submit. Mr Brown says that yeah, is that makes a possibility sensible, to it's add, sensible, add It's about embraces, a sensible solution, in my opinion. So. Mm -hmm. Uh, Councillor Lodge. Thank you. We, we have the, um, the 45 degree rule for overshadowing. Do we have any comparable rule for overlooking? There isn't one, apparently. The, the comparable rule, really, I suppose, is the 15 metre separation distances of back-to-back, -back, you know, the, the 15 metres to the boundary and 25 metres back-to-back -back distances. But this is an oblique relationship, so it doesn't have to meet those um, standards. But that would be the comparable rule. Fine, thank you. Thank you. Uh, I didn't ask about the informative on the footpath. I don't know if you, you noticed that actually when you were there. So um, if you could, could you tell us what that would say? Yes, so um, we consulted the Highway Authority who have responsibility for the footpath. Um, their view is that this development doesn't affect the footpath. In fact, it, it's moving development further away from it. But what they have said is that just to make the applicant aware that it's a footpath and it shouldn't be obstructed, it should be kept clear, just an informative saying as much. Um, and that, that's something that if it was approved, we'd recommend is put at the bottom of the decision notice just to, just to ensure that they're aware. Can't condition that? Um, it's, it's, I mean, there's, there's separate legislation that deals with that, so we wouldn't have any, um, any reason really to, to condition it. Right, we What's have funny? <laughs> no, we have an office. Sorry. No, okay. We have an officer's recommendation for approval, which I am prepared to propose. Does that find a seconder, Councillor Chambers? If, in light of no further comments coming forward, can we go to the vote, please, on that? All those in favour of approval, please show. That's uh, eight in favour. And those against? 
One against. Abstention? Oh, John's missing. Sorry. Yes, thank you. Yep. Thank you. Yes, uh, sorry, I forgot to mention that Councillor Davy had to leave the meeting in order to prepare for tonight's council meeting. That application is approved. The next item on the agenda is item 4.10, application 16-2042, another householder full application at Stansted. And in the absence of Mrs Marshall, Mr Brown will make the application. The presentation, the big part. Thank you. Could you outline that to me, please? You're going to find that there's three neighbours who are very, very upset, three buildings, and one neighbour who is very pleased, has got a big advantage. We could have come to an agreement between the three of us, Fine. between the four of us, to come up with a sensible decision. And I think your decision is quite wrong. Thank, thank you for that opinion. And did you say something to one of my members? I think there was an issue about when he, he said something he to one of the officers. To the officer. I said to the officer that he made mistakes in and he had made mistakes, and I circulated all those members and pointed out the errors that he made in his report. So that's what I'm saying, he made errors. I've told you them before, so it's nothing new. And I've just told him the same. Thank you. Well, we have made a decision, and of course the... It's a very bad decision. Well, that's our opinion... And you obviously have yours. The owner of the property has put forward a proposal that we find under the planning regulations is acceptable. So that is where it rests, I'm afraid. Well, that's, that's entirely your opinion. Because I did say that we would discuss with them and come up with an acceptable a proposal that was acceptable. And I find, I find I'm disgusted by the decision. Sorry, well, I am. Well, fine. Thank you. you can, you're entitled to your opinion. Thank you. Right, Mr. Brown, you're going Thank to you. deal Thank with Thank you, Chairman. I will be very brief, then, but there's, there's going to be some um, complicated discussions regarding this one, I'm sure. This is a, a retrospective application for a one-metre-high fence adjacent to the highway. Um, it is actually higher than one-metre fence once you look at it. Um, it is a one-metre fence on top of a uh, 
a wall. So therefore, it is more than two, it's more than one metre front of the highway, and therefore needs planning permission. Um, we do not contend in any way that this fence is in any way attractive. It is, it is it's quite ugly, to be honest. But the reason why you have a recommendation of approval in front of you is because we need to consider the back, the, 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 what's called the permitted development um, fallback situation. Basically, that is adjacent to the highway, and it is, and it, and it, if it was moved back slightly, we're talking probably about that much, it would not need planning permission. So, and it would still be equally unattractive. So what we've got here is an opportunity to take control of it to some extent um, with, a, with the suggested condition is to paint it black um, to, actually, to actually ease it down. It sounds pathetic but that is the only control we've got it because the, the only alternative would be to take enforcement action for it to be removed and all that would happen would be that it would move back by that much and it will still be hideous and it will still be that colour. It could be pink with yellow stripes, to be honest, in terms of the impact it has. So that is why we've got a very difficult recommendation of approval in front of you because of the permitted development back in terms of it being, it could be moved back a very slight back and not be adjacent to the highway. And that's why we have a recommendation for approval in front of you. Um, we do not contend the, the fence is in any way attractive in it or any way acceptable because it is also in, in, in the conservation area as well. So there is an issue here regarding this. But we do need to take in, in terms of the peculiarities of the permitted development rights. Bear in mind this is a fence adjacent to the highway. Uh, so it is recommended for approval, but I'm happy to take questions. Thank you, Mr Brown. Councillor Freeman. Actually, You've answered the question, but do you have any more pictures? Is that the only picture? I thought I saw another one. Yeah, that's, that's quite material. I thought the objection might be on the basis that there's something to do with lines of sight traffic coming out from that side road. Is that, is that not material? No. It's material, but I don't think it affects the visibility as you're coming out. So I don't think there's a highway objection to that, or I don't think there's a highway issue. Uh, so the best we can do... Why anyone would want to do that in their enclosure around their own house, I really don't know. Uh, but the only contact, we've, the only thing we've got is, 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 is the colour of it. Councillor Mills. Recommended for approval, so long as it's solid black and not stamped. Solid black in terms of paint. Right. Yeah, I think that is, that is a fair enough question, actually, because the condition, suggested condition one says the fence here by approved should be stained black. I think we want it painted black. <laughs> I asked Mr Brown the briefing if you'd like to put that to music. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> do not, you do not want that to happen. Right. Um... We have a proposal, please. Yeah, uh, Councillor Riles, you're going to proposal for approval. And does that find a seconder? Uh, Councillor Fairhurst, thank you very much. In the lieu of no further comments seeming to be forthcoming, we'll go to the vote. All those in favour, please show. All in favour. Fine, thank you. That matter is approved. Uh, next application is... Item 411-16-2793, a non-material amendment in Saffron Walden. And again, Mr Brown will make a presentation. Thank you.
Right, of um, members. Councillor Fairhurst, you're proposing approval. Councillor Mills is seconding that. All those in favour, please show. All in favour. Thank you. I hope you don't get a standstill. Uh, item five on the agenda is a tree matter. And Mr Brown again will present that to us. Thank you. So, uh, which is, he hasn't assessed himself, I should add. We've got uh, a county council to assess this. And as you see from the reports, this is an application for works to trees in a conservation area. And so they're not TPO trees. What, the way we assess these in the tree is, is to assess whether the trees are TPOable. They do some works, they notify us, and we make a decision in terms of whether they're TPOable. You will look at the actual trees and the relationship they have to the walls they're only just about trees, to be honest, in terms of what they actually are. So they're certainly not of TPOable value. So the recommendation is to raise no objection, Chairman. Thank you. Um, I'll propose that we accept the recommendations. That find a seconder. Seconded by how, uh, Councillor Riles. Thank you. All those in favour, please show. Eight in favour. Thank you. That is approved. We have item six on the agenda is a list of appeal decisions updated. Sorry, did we just clarify? Um, sorry, Chair. Sorry, did hang we on a moment. Um, did Councillor Fairhurst want to abstain or. Oh, sorry, I thought. You're against? Yeah. Fine. Sorry, a correction for that is one. Um, it would be 8 1 then yeah. in favour. Yes, thank you. Sorry, item six on the agenda, appeal decisions. You have a table of appeal decisions in your papers. Does anyone have any questions of the officers? Yes, Janice, thank you very much. Howard, sorry, Councillor Riles. Oh, it's 7-1, yes, sorry. God, I don't know if I'm going to get through tonight. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, we, we, hang on, we've got some queries here now. <laughs> right. Uh, any, any queries arising on any of those? There is one duplicated in there on page 183, the top two, it's the same application, so just a typo. Fine, okay, we'll move on to any business that the chairman feels is important. Yes, my tea. Thank you very much. We'll close the meeting at six o'clock. about Jamie. Hello. Hello.